This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that still believes in the magic of the cup. Uh, for me, you can't beat the third round of the FA Cup, uh, what should always be a cold, wet Saturday in the first weekend of January, often playing a doughty lower league side. That is the magic of the cup, and in many ways... The match yesterday, a Sunday of course, didn't disappoint. It was full of interest as Conte made nine changes to his first 11 and we got to see how many of Chelsea's possibles equipped themselves in a competitive match. They didn't disappoint either so we march on to the next round where hopefully in a few minutes we'll find out who we will get next. Uh, I am Sanford Chidge and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Fancast Friendly Fire. Now, joining me uh, on this night of all nights uh, are the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Oh, how lovely to be. It's always a privilege. And we're such honoured guests, as always. Yeah, I do love it, oh, actually, Jonathan, the way we shake it up every week, get different people. It's really, really nice, isn't it? I, I enjoy that element of it. There you go. Lovely to have you in the house, as always, JK, my wingman, the man with the smooth... Uh, velvety chocolate voice, and uh, this is by no way to diminish the lovely dulcet tones of my other two guests, who are uh, my definitely my right hand man yesterday, because I had the pleasure of sitting with Dan yesterday at the match. Hello, man. It was a very enjoyable afternoon spent, wasn't it? And, and it sober, which is quite rare. Mm, yeah, I liked yeah. it. Enjoyed it actually. Yeah. Good to see you as always, Dan. And uh, last but by no means least, uh, a man who I seem to apologise more to than anything else these days, the lovely Clayton Beerman. Hello, good evening, and hello, listeners, and happy New Year, listeners. Um, yes, no, we, you never need to apologise to me, mate. It's well, uh, no. it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, it's been too long, and I'm really looking forward to uh, this evening's show. Excellent stuff. And before we proceed, Clayton, have you figured out the uh, machinations of the Chelsea Fancast website yet? 
no, um, and I haven't. Well, I haven't. Uh, I, I've been most dilatory in my writing. I've, I've, I'm going through a dry patch, if you'll excuse Ooh. the expression. Ooh. I know. Thankfully, nothing to do with my drinking. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm finding it difficult to be. I started writing something after the Spurs game, but I got too depressed and stopped. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I, I will I will take up the cudgels again. I do promise you. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, for the for the people out there listening, Clayton and I have hatched a brave and cunning plan because hitherto his dry patch, Clayton was the most prolific uh, writer on the Chelsea Fancast website, and I include myself in that. And I thought, well, you know, he's been at it for such a long time. I ought to actually give him his access to the website so he doesn't have to wait for me to put them up. Of course, since I've done that, he's come up with bugger all. So. <laughs> You know, best laid plans and all that. Anyway, talking of best laid plans, uh, on tonight's show, uh, we are going to be following the FA Cup fourth round draw live. Live as it happens. And uh, it was th- live. 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 Exactly. In, in full live and exclusive. Well, I don't know about exclusive, exclusive, mate. You know, let's yeah. make let's not make too many bold claims. Anyway, we'll definitely be following it, uh, and uh, hopefully, what we'll do is we'll have a chat around. You know, who we think are, what we think of our next opponents, who we'd like before we find out who they are, and we'll also discuss, in amongst all of that, how important the FA Cup is to us and Chelsea, and is it in fact still magical? Uh, now, uh, I'll, I'll, part two, yes, yes, that, that comes after part one, doesn't it? Yes. Well, we'll take a look at the cup match against Peterborough uh, that was played yesterday, in particularly at the relative performances of Jaluba, Batshuayi, and uh, Loftus-Cheek and Zuma. And we'll also discuss JT's red card. Was it a case of friendly fire? Mm. Uh, and in part three, we're going to look back at last week's defeat about Spurs. Unless, of course, we talk so much about uh, Peterborough that we accidentally, on purpose, forget to even mention that there was a game last week. That would be my preference. Uh, anyway, if we do, uh, we'll ask if it actually exposed some weaknesses in the team, or was it just a cagey, scrappy game decided by fine margins? Now, part four, as always, we round up the show with some emails. And this week we've got some excellent ones, just the two, but they've uh, they've posed some very, very interesting questions, which I feel duty-bound for all of us to answer. So that'll be something to look forward to. Now... Do not forget, you can listen to the show every, uh, li- live, as uh, Clayton would have it, every Monday at 7 o'clock in the evening uh, by going to mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. And there are, as always, loads of lovely people in there that uh, that we know and love. The gaffer's in the house tonight, Garfield Bailey, uh, lovely. We've got Luke Newton, Praj, Steve Hadlow. Mark Ireland, CFC, CFC Science, another another uh, blogger from the past on the Chelsea Fancast website. Kurt Chelsea's in there. Goodness gracious me, John Chip Chiverton, Andrew Self, Daniel Cabral. The, all the regulars are there. It's going to be a cracker tonight. And uh, after which, we will be talking about all sorts of stuff that I've just outlined. We'll see you in a sec. <laughs>
Um, so the first bit of the show, as I um, you know alluded to a minute ago, is that I, I've got my BBC app, my new BBC app, uh, you know, primed, ready to follow the draw. So hopefully it will it will do the honours. At the moment, it's posting up all sorts of bollocks to do with Sir Trevor Brooking. Why I do not know. So therefore, that tells me that it probably doesn't start. Maybe, maybe we're the only people who actually start things on time. I don't know. No, I, um, but, I teach ten past seven. I think it is. Is it? Oh, well, that's yeah. That's really shit. That screws up my schedule massively. But nevertheless, I'm not phased because, of course, I've got a solution for everything. And the first thing I really wanted to talk about, because actually, you know, this is. I mean, I, I had a quick pint after the game yesterday, and uh, you know, when you win in the cup, the the, the first thing you talk about is who who do you want next and 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 for Chelsea I always find that this is a peculiar thing in terms of our wish list now I know a lot of people out there who really love the idea of still playing somebody you know a lower league team or an away match against a lower league team particularly somebody that we might not have played for a long time if ever uh, to do a new away ground so on that basis this this is my wish list um really just left from the teams that well i mean you'll figure it out when i read them out but my rich list which wish list even would be any one of the following uh there is possibly a preferential order but i'll just read them as i saw them rochdale millwall brighton wolves cambridge or leeds bristol city or fleetwood uddersfield sutton or wimbledon acklington stanley who are they who are they and Oxford. exactly Exactly. So, you know, that would be my wish list, boys. And and I think there are obvious reasons for that. I mean, obviously, Millwall, everybody, every year, we always want Millwall. Why, I don't know, because it's usually a bloodbath. Um, Leeds, obviously, massive rivals. I, I really miss playing them regularly. Um, I would actually kind of, I wouldn't put Wolves in the massive rival stakes, but, you know, we used to play them. I mean, you know, it always takes me back to the 70s. You know, and I'd love. We haven't played them for a long time. It'd be lovely. Um, but I mean, enough of me prattling on, boys. I mean, what do you think of my wish list? Would you have any other preferences? I'm going to ask you first, Jonathan. Uh, Fulham. Really? Oh, well, I suppose so. At but home, we, we kind of they're at home. I don't want yeah. any of these teams to be away. I don't like going away. I like being at home against a very lowly club, mm. and I like that to be all the way through to the sixth round. And even the semi-final, I'd be quite happy if we played everybody who was uh, just not anywhere near as good as us. And uh, then I don't have any palpitations or worry. I hate it when we draw anybody good in the FA Cup. Reminds me too much of, uh, of, of just being beaten. I can't stand being beaten anymore. I found that Spurs <laughs> experience the other day absolutely appalling. I'd go and lie down in a darkened room after it happened. Oh, God, I can't. So, uh, and by the way... Um, that remark about saying uh, we don't play Leeds often enough is absolutely rubbish because that means they'll be in the Premier League and we don't want Hang that. On. Somebody laughed at your stupidity so I missed what you said so go back to the start of just before you said that's absolutely rubbish. What about Leeds? I said it was about Leeds, Chidge because Leeds, Leeds should, you said we don't play them often enough. And no, they, if, if we play them a lot it means they're in the Premier League. They mustn't ever be in the Premier League. They've got to stay down as low as possible. Because it's my experience of playing them in the past has just left me scarred. So I, mm. I want them down in the championship forever. I don't want them ever to ever achieve anything because they're leads. They're dirty yeah. leads. 
you know, we all hate Leeds and Leeds and we all hate Leeds and yeah. Leeds and Leeds and but Leeds. But you see, Leeds and Leeds you see that, Leeds. this is an old-fashioned it, thing, Jonathan. It's an old-fashioned thing called football rivalry, you see, and it, it's kind of like fun to play your rivals because the atmosphere is really good. And I, yeah, I, I no, like no, nothing. No, I, I, hang on. I, I, in, this I, instance, that, that, in this instance, that, Chibs, no. In this instance, no. <laughs> no. Sorry, no. Sorry, Can I, I'm going to um, talk to somebody, uh, right, out of you two, Dan or Clayton, I'm going to pick the one who I think will be most sensible to give that bad man the repost he so richly deserves, Clayton first. He's so um, wrong, isn't he, mate, surely? The, the, uh, he's, he's 100% right in the fact that <laughs> I'd like... I, no, I, no, 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 I'd, I'd like to play somebody's shit all the way to Wembley. I don't, well, I agree with that. You know, I, 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 Arsenal... I mean, I don't know what happened. They got on a away draw. I thought that was that was against FA rules. But I'd like to get somebody crap at home week every week. Uh, if we're going to have to have an away an away game, um, I'm going for Brentford uh, because they're local to me, and uh, it was really nice last time we played them. And of course, we had that very special chanting at Rafa when he uh, reached a dugout. It would be something different this time, but I mean that that would be who I'd like to play. Certainly, Brentford. I like that. I agree. I agree, Clayton. Uh, uh, I think that's absolutely right. And also, that game was when uh, Marco Marin revealed that he was completely shit. One of the worst performances in a Chelsea shirt ever. Absolutely agree. Taken to the cleaners by a, a third division fullback. Absolutely appalled. To be to be really honest, Clayton, I. I... You know, I, I didn't put Bright, uh, Brentford on the list because, you know, we did that fairly recently. Recently, so, yeah, yeah, so I understand given, that. Yeah, you understand. know, given a choice, I'd rather play somebody that we haven't played either ever or for a long time. Dan, what, what's your take on all of this? Um, I'd like to go Brighton away, make a weekend of it. Um, I'd like to play Plymouth because that means I'd have beaten Liverpool. That'd be pretty amazing. <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, Fulham or a, a, a northern a northern team at Stanford Bridge. Like Rochdale would be a good shout yeah, streets are not paved with gold. I just want a good what's... tie. Or, yeah. or well, actually, your... one Sorry, go on, mate. great White Hart Lane again. Last I pick up at White Hart Lane, we knock them out. 8,000 yeah. Chelsea yeah. at White Hart Lane, yeah. knock them out of the cup. Yeah, that that's a very, so you know what I, I you know what I thought about that when I wrote the list and I and I got distracted and I forgot to put it in, but that's a really good shout. Um, you know, well, I have to ask you both, you and Jonathan, what is this fascination with Fulham? We used to play them every year until recently, and you know, I, I'd rather see something different. I mean, you know, Eric Mor- Morabito's gone in with the the obvious Millwall at home. I don't know why, but everybody always says we want Millwall. I tell you, somebody else who I wanted actually, and I was very disappointed that they got knocked out, and that was Sheffield Wednesday. Along the same lines of what I was talking about with Leeds, Jonathan, that you know, we used to have some yes. real humdingers up there, didn't we? Yes, we did, we did, but we didn't, they weren't a dirty side and they didn't, uh, they didn't even maintain that dirtiness into the 90s, which they did against us on several occasions. Um, uh, yeah, no, they had some weird, great, great, we were constantly drawn against them, weren't we? It was like, uh, you know, who have we got this year? Oh my god, it's Sheffield Wednesday again, uh, and I- they, of course, were a much, much better side then. Um, Chidge, can I uh, just ask the question? Anybody who wants to play Millwall at home, anybody who actually wants that, was anybody there the last time we played Millwall at home? Remind me when it was. Remind me when it was. Yeah, we we had them in the FA Cup. I think we got knocked out on penalties. Um, And and we played them a couple of years before that. 
and we <laughs> we were sitting in the east lower and it was just completely taken over by Millwall and I'm not saying I'm a coward but I ended up sitting in the back row of the east stand that night I'm talking about the back row the last Why? the top tier as far away they were I mean I can't remember how old I was but they were all boys and they were bladed up and they had all sorts of stuff and I thought you know what it ain't worth it. And so we moved. It was awful. So anybody who wants Millwall at home is absolutely barking. I'll be, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Clayton, that I think, you know, anybody, you know, you're absolutely right, actually. You've put that brilliantly. If, you, if you've seen Chelsea play Millwall, then you probably won't want them unless you're a real hard case. I think everybody who wants, who says every year, we want Millwall away or Millwall at home, have clearly seen the football factory too many times. I think that's probably yeah. what's going that's on. That's a good shout. Becca on Twitter just said Newcastle, so we can put one over on Rafa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot Very that. good, I forgot very that. good. I mean, look, whilst they're still fanning around, I'm getting nothing coming up here on the draw at all, although I keep refreshing. I'm, I am talking about my phone, nothing else. Um the other thing I wanted to, to really say about, about the Corp, really, is, I mean, how, I mean, there's been a lot of talk, I've been listening to the radio a lot today, and there, there seems to be, everybody seems to have a downer on the FA Cup, Jonathan. Um, you and I love it, don't we? I mean, for me, it's still a magical competition. I mean, how important do you think it is to us, but also to clubs like Chelsea? Well, I love the fact that the, the ground was completely full. I thought that was brilliant. And, uh, um, and the fact that Peterborough brought, you know, the, the full complement of fans. But um, um, it's clearly seen, I think also one of the reasons that we, it's good for us because we're, um, you know, we're, we're, once again, we're one of the top clubs and we're competing on, uh, um, it's a bit of a higher level than somebody who has to maintain their status in the division in the Premier League and is keen, doesn't really care whether they're in the, the competition or not. Um but um, explain something to me that I didn't understand. Was why was there nobody at Cardiff at all, other than a group of people in the uh, again the, against Fulham um, in the middle of the uh, of the, the the stadium opposite the television cameras? Because it, it it seems to me that large numbers of the other clubs in the competition really aren't interested in it at all. So um, um, I, I was wondering whether, in fact, we've reached the stage where they should do it like the League Cup, except have a a buy. Um, all the oh, hello, the hello. Sorry, interrupting you, Jonathan. Breaking news, yeah. breaking news. Tottenham yeah. have got Wickham at home and Derby have got Leicester. Sutton Leeds, apparently. Oh, they're coming through thick and fast. How come you're getting them quicker than me? Sutton Twitter. Leeds. Yeah, Leeds get through. Sutton versus Leeds. Oh, Plymouth or Liverpool awesome. versus Wolves. Who? What? What? Plymouth or Liverpool versus Wolves. Right, Dan, you carry on because you're obviously getting this quicker than me. So okay. keep going. All right. Dan, Dan's actually there. I think Dan's drawing the balls out of the hat. He's doing it quick. I've oh, got actually, it out. No, I've, got, I've got one here. I've got Oxford versus Newcastle or Birmingham. So all of my wish list is going thick or thick and all of our wish list is going thick and fast, isn't it? Yeah, Millwall's still in there, though. <laughs> Southampton or Norwich versus Arsenal. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> yes. All my fears. Cat. Come on, pull another Chelsea versus Chelsea versus Brentford. Oh, home, we're at home. Uh, yeah, that'll do. That'll do. I mean, it wasn't on my wish list because I said we had them recently. And of course, they, John, you know, John we did Fleming draw two was, all, didn't we? We we drew yeah, two all with really. them at uh, Griffin Park, and then we had to play them at home. And I remember that actually that wasn't that cut and dried, as I recall. Breaking news. Well, up, breaking news. John John Clemens' reaction is, "I'll fuck off." <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Who's that? John Who? Fleming. Uh, John Fleming. More break- yeah, well, there we go. And more breaking news: Chelsea appealing John Terry's red card. That's just come through. Yeah. That's not breaking news. We knew that. Oh, okay. I don't know that. That's <laughs> official now. It's official. All right, let's carry on with the show. And if there's any good ones, just pop in, Dan. I'm going to leave you, okay. leave you with the Twitter. Uh, okay. I don't know why, but it's clearly much quicker than my bloody BBC app. No surprise. I don't know why I bother paying the license fee. Anyway, enough of that. We were saying, is it important, Clayton? I mean, how important is the cup to you, mate? Uh, I love the cup. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, and I'm so sad to see it devalued by so many different people. Um, going, Jonathan asked about Cardiff. Well, Colin was interviewed on Five Live afterwards, and he basically was saying, "Oh well, you know, the game on Monday was much more important for us, you know, and we didn't, we couldn't be bothered with this." And and I just thought, okay, they want to stay up, and I do understand that. But the FA Cup is so special, and Cardiff got to Wembley not that long ago, didn't they? So yeah. I think it's yeah. just really, really sad. And and somebody was saying, I, I didn't hear it because I was at the game yesterday, but. Um, BT were making this big thing about oh how fantastic it was that Plymouth brought 9,000 you know and it was a 12 o'clock kickoff and this that and the other and it was a brilliant effort well the only reason it was a brilliant effort was because those tossers had basically made people come up from Plymouth for a 12 o'clock kickoff I mean they are killing it as much as they think they're helping and they're doing this that and the other them and the FA I mean the FA sold their soul a long time ago but you know, three o'clock on a Saturday. Okay, we were shit and we never won it. But three o'clock, third round, three o'clock on a Saturday. That was the best afternoon ever. Every season, everybody, yeah. apart from the first game of the season, that's what everybody looked forward to. And it's so difficult, I suspect, now to to, to try and explain to a different generation. Um, I mean, you know, Friday night, Saturday, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, Sunday, Monday absolute toss as far as I'm concerned I think you know people are showing such contempt for the FA Cup the League Cup is now a more prestigious tournament I think I really I really, really? find that well in terms of how how teams play it yeah I think mm. I mean listen we did yesterday what we did yesterday was fine because we were playing a lower league side we didn't disrespect the tournament because we basically had a core of first team players or you know and then when things got a little bit icky, we brought on some more first-team players because it mattered. It mattered. Can, to, yeah, can I on. say why I think the League Cup is, uh, is, is looking as if it's better? Yeah. It's, it's, it happens earlier in the season and where, where team clubs are, are keen to get the first team to play as much as possible. They yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry to I interrupt. Mean, listen, no, that's all right. One, one, one other thing quickly before we, we disappear into the ether for a quick break. Um, one thing that occurred to me, and I, I don't know where I really sit on this, because on the one hand, uh, and what I'm really talking about is is the fact that we give uh, even a small club like Peterborough the entire shed end. Now, I, I'm really torn between this, because on the one hand, um, I think that, you know, that's kind of what the Cup's all about, is you get a bigger way following. And, I mean, we, we are the beneficiaries of that often when we go away, so I shouldn't really grumble too much. And it kind of gives the cup a cup match the special atmosphere that you don't get at the league games but on the other hand I I find it pisses me off like you wouldn't believe that we lose one of our most vocal and of course you know that the shed end is is historically very Chelsea you know and and I I, it sticks in my core a bit that we give all that up but on the other hand 
surely that should make the other three sides of the ground wake up, make a bloody noise. So it's a, I think it's a complicated argument, isn't it, Dan? I mean, I, I, where do you stand on that? I, I hate the shed being having away fans full yeah. stop. I mean, you think the cop, the cop would never take away fans. I mean, it's, it does, you know, our history, it's our spiritual home for the home fans. And the fact that it gets taken over by away fans every other week really pisses me right off because mm. it's our home, it's the shed. And I really hope, you know, the way the new ground's going to go is going to look great because they're going to be stuck in the corner. Stick them in the slower. I don't get this, this bullshit about them in, interfering with the um, the linesmen and so on and so forth. It's bullshit. They're crap anyway. They don't need any interference. But we've got um, a linesman can influence on the West End. I just, no, they should be in the East Lower or East Upper. So, you know, out of the way. You can't hear them. Not, not the shed. Not for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it used to be like that. And we were talking about it, weren't we, at the game, actually, that, of course, the, yeah. the way fans used to go in the East Lower until Mourinho complained. And then that, that was that. But I, I, don't, I don't buy this rubbish about that they can't go there anymore uh, and it affects the linesman. But, of course, you know, when the new stadium is built, they're still effectively going to be in the shed end, aren't they? Because they, I think they're going to use the... The old Bovril entrance for the access for the away fans, aren't they, Dan? From what I recall. Yeah, I think it looks like they're going to be in a court in, in a corner, so kind of they're yeah. overlapping what is the east and the west, and so not quite the shed. And I think we will have our very own kind of big, you know, behind each, I mean, behind each goal, big stands. I mean, Matthew Harding's kind of taken over as a main, the yeah. main home end, hasn't it? Since the stadium's been built and the away fans are in there, but I think it's it's a sacrilege. Want a better phrase for me? It is. Or, or be it, it's, it's quite late. It's quite late in the day now to worry about stuff because all, all being well will be at Wembley in a, in a couple of years. So it's, you know, we just have to you know right. look back at the memories when when we when we right. the it's, it is all. It's all obviously it's going to be very different when we build a new stadium. Look, very very quickly before we go to the break, Jonathan. Jonathan, very quickly before we go to the break, just are you happy with Brentford at home? Yeah, great, fantastic, perfect yeah. for you. It's, it's all absolutely ticked all your boxes. That didn't it? It has. It would have been better to have been a lower club, even lower than that. But yeah, this is yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dan, you're happy with Brentford at home? Yeah, this is a home cup tie. Enjoy it. It'll be a big good day out. You know, it's, I love I love the FA Cup. I always have done. You know, go right back to the Monday Monday lunchtime draws. You sneak your radio into school so you can hear the draws. It's you know, I really hate the fact that it's lost its magic. But yeah, home the FA Cup. Thank you very much. Good. And Clayton, finally, you. Are you happy with Brentford at home? Uh, yeah, I would have preferred them away, but yeah, uh, I can't go back on the fact that I want to play somebody lower than us in the league uh, until we get to Wembley. So yeah, no, I'm, it's yeah. good. It's all right. Yeah, good. All right, and I got a final question for Dan that's come from Steve Hadlow on Mixler. Uh, Steve's never mm-hmm. been ever been known to complain about anything in his life, but he does ask: Is Dan in a phone box? Dan? <laughs> no, no, just in a in in my wife's office, slash study, okay. slash bedroom. All right, Let so me hold you, on, you me. have your answer there, Steve. Dan is officially not yeah. in a phone box. Um, okay, on that on that earth-shattering news that Dan is not, in fact, in a phone box, we're going to go for a break. Uh, those of us who are in a phone box are going to change into Superman, and we'll be back in about a minute or two. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Uh, 
welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. Now, uh, this staggers me that I have to read this out every week. I mean, what staggers me is that there are people who, there are more people who listen to the Chelsea Fancast, which goes out on a Monday, than have actually figured out that I also do a show with Kerry Dixon on a Thursday. And what I can't understand is that I read this out on this bloody show every week. So you all hear it, or do you just ignore what we say? I mean, what the hell is going on? So I'm going to do it again. Just for the hard of hearing and the hard of thinking, every Thursday I record a show with Kerry Dixon. Remember him? He's a legend at Chelsea. He scored lots of goals for us in the 80s when we weren't that good. And he's a lovely bloke. And it's fun doing it with him. And the best thing about the show, it's only half an hour and it's mainly Kerry talking and not me. What could you possibly not like about that? So there we go. It's very simple. Uh, we preview. We tend to preview the, the forthcoming match at the weekend. Uh, occasionally, when the opportunity affords it, we'll have a look at the most recent match, like we did uh, last week when we uh, look back at the Spurs match. Uh, and as I said, I tend to record it with him on a, on a Thursday, and I, I try and get it out on a Thursday. Sometimes it'll be on a Friday, sometimes on a Wednesday, but nearly always on a Thursday. Make sure you download it via Acast, iTunes, and SoundCloud. It comes down the same pipeline as the Monday Chelsea Fancast show. So there we go. Uh, and obviously... Uh, you what? I was going to say it should automatically download. If you get the Fancast on Monday, it should automatically download into your library, because mine does. Exactly, so. Dan. I mean, how how hard can it be? I mean, I spoke to a really good mate of mine. You know, I won't I won't embarrass him by saying who it is. He, he's in he's in Mixler tonight, okay? And he's he had no oh, idea. Oh, do embarrass him. Do embarrass him. Okay. Name me shame. Okay, it was Garfield. All right. Okay, sorry, mate, but they made <laughs> me do oh, it. They made me do it. They're gaffer. They made me do it. They made me do it, gaffer. But he said, like, what, what do you mean you do a Kerry Dixon show every week? I said, Gaffer, where have you been? Anyway, so it comes out usually on a Thursday. This week, me and Kerry will be looking forward to the Leicester game, obviously. Now, uh, while you're at it, if you haven't already, go and buy Kerry's biography, which is called Upfront. It's about 15 quid from uh, Amazon. And also, uh, as you may or may not know, I think I plugged it last week, actually, but there's a documentary coming out on uh, on Kerry's life and career at Chelsea, produced by a lovely guy called Chris Barnett who hopefully I'm going to have a chat with on the phone this week and uh, cut it into the show sometime soon. But anyway, they're doing a very special kind of private screening of the film on Friday the 3rd of March at 6pm. Kerry and other footballing legends will be in attendance, uh, so that'll be quite nice, a bit of meet and greet. There's also a very posh three-course dinner. It's in a very swanky five-star hotel, which is probably why the tickets cost 150 quid per, per person, or you can get a table of 10 for 1,300 quid. Uh, but if you want more information about that, it's very easy. Go to midnightproductions.co.uk forward slash footy legends 100. All right, back to the football. Um, Dan uh, came up with a brilliant, uh, a brilliant, uh, Gaffer's just, sorry, Gaffer's just rudely tweeted on or, or posted on, on Mixer saying marketing chidge. I, I, I do market it. Twitter, Facebook, you know, what, what? Anyway, don't get me wound up. Anyway, Dan came out with a very good uh, um, analysis of the game, which could have been, which which he did in two words actually two words and a symbol which was basically it was like the possibles versus the probables that you get in a training match because basically we decided that they'd pretty much put out uh the b team apart from of course the fact that um cahill was still captaining the side and uh and pedro stroke william uh were were in there so you know basically you know conte made uh nine changes but that said and done i thought you know it was 
well, a it was I thought a really entertaining cup tie. Actually, I thoroughly enjoyed the match, and I thought, well, you know, well, you know, fair play to Peterborough. They turned up, they had a go, which you, you, is all you ask for. But I think what was really noteworthy for me was the fact that it gave us an opportunity to see some of the, you know, the squad players uh, being put. In, well, the squad players and the youth players, if you like, giving an opportunity to see what they could do. Um, that said, I thought uh, Pedro and William were, were both excellent. I mean, Pedro particularly, Jonathan, I thought was, was superb. His just desire to, 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 to run around and create merry hell was fantastic, wasn't it? Then also, he, 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 uh, yeah, he was completely brilliant. He, he doesn't like scoring ordinary goals, does he? He tries to loft it into the corner. He particularly when he did the one that hit the bar, which was yeah. very reminiscent oh, yes. of De Bruyne. You thought, why didn't he just tap it? I thought, no, he can't tap it. He's got to lift it high into the net because that's his style. But the first goal was uh, fantastic. He, just, he looks in the corner for the corner. There it is in the corner immediately. I thought he was great. I thought he had a really great game. But I have to say, he ought to have had a great game because he's a class player and so is William. And it was Peterborough. Yeah, exactly. My view. No, I to- and I don't really want to dwell on those two because we know what they can do, and I think that's a very good caveat. Yeah. Well, it was Peterborough. I think what's much more interesting to talk about is, is kind of the point that I'm making about it was a really good opportunity, and this is why. I mean, you know, for, I'll give you I'll give you an example, not just from actually going to the game, but actually doing this show. Every week we talk about the same players, either play. Well, I mean, to be honest, the last couple of months they've they've all played really really well so I, I i find myself saying the same thing about the same players every week and i, I thought about this when i was sitting and watching it saying oh my god we can do a really different show tonight we can talk about other players so let's start um i'd like to start with batshuayi or i did try and get the chant batshuayi aha aha i like it going uh, nobody sang did they dan no, no. Everyone's looking around you quite strangely. Going, well, what's this yeah. man doing? Um, oh, it's, it's, wouldn't be the first time. Very cruel. I think it's a great chance. <laughs> very true, cool. though. So okay. Very, very true. Very true. It was Pablo who very drunkenly announced that song to me about two months ago. So I can't take any of the credit for it if, in fact, credit is due. Um, number That's one, with back to you. I, you are, mate. Yeah. Very what? magnanimous of you today. It wasn't well, you. you know, I, it was I'm all heart. I'm all yeah. heart. Credit uh, where credit's due. Yeah, well, I don't want to be sued either. Um, anyway, uh, Batshuayi, number one, thought it was a very, very well-taken goal. Uh, but I, I, I think that he's clearly very short of confidence. I also think, uh, and, and Dan and I were talking about this, weren't we, Dan? That he, he, you know, yeah. when we bought him, he was supposed to be somebody who could fill in for Costa when he inevitably gets injured or suspended. But actually looking at you know his performance yesterday, I think he's, he's a lot closer to Solanke than he is to Costa, which is a bit of a shame, really. I mean, Dan, do you want to pick up on the thread that we were talking about at the game? Yeah, he's not really I mean, he's, he's not really ready to challenge Costa, is he? No, I mean, I think if you know if there was no pressure on Costa right now. I mean, he, you know, he held the line fairly well. He had an assist. He had a goal, but he did miss a couple of sitters. So he looked, he looked very short on confidence. He's running around quite often, not making the same sort of runs as Costa was making. I think this he's got potential. He's he's definitely you know a player of potential, but. He needs game time. He's not going to get it, you know, playing one up front. As you say, he's, he, he just doesn't look like he's on the same wavelength as some of the, you know, the more, you know, attack-minded players for us. Clayton, uh, Clayton. Again, it was Pete. Sorry, mate. Go on. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't realise. I was going to say, yeah, and, you know, you, you, you'd want to be outstanding against Peter, but you really want to be head and shoulders above anybody else. But I would say he was he was a 7 out of 10 mm. at most. Oh, God, no. 
No, four. Three. I don't know. It wasn't that bad. Absolutely, absolutely dreadful. No, that's harsh. He's got... I don't think so. Rather large diver's boots on he played with for somebody who's 32 million. Ye gods. He is no what? way. Is he, can he possibly have anything to pair with, with Costa? We, I well, we're not comparing through. him with Costa. No, no, but he ought to be. He ought to be compared with Costa. Yeah, but 32 million is not, in today's day, is not. Got. That's the player that we've got up front. We need to have somebody who is absolutely excellent. We're not, we're not sort of halfway down the league we're, we're aspiring no. as we were 2008 to be one of the best clubs in the world no. you have a player who can't hold the ball up i just find it absolutely appalling that he they've got somebody in who is so devoid we're, we're terribly forgiving uh, constantly we're forgiving about players we ought not to be he really isn't up to scratch this is why conti didn't pick him the other day and played hazard instead well, He's watching well, every week, and he's just not up to it. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Can I just, just as the moderator here between this wonderful row between you and Jonathan, which I have to say is the most entertaining thing I've heard on the fancast yeah. in absolute months, and well done for doing so. <laughs> what I will say, Jonathan, is that I was watching Sky Sports News this morning, and they had Ray Wilkins on there, and I'll be honest with you, mate, he said pretty much exactly the same as you. And one of the other things that he said was the pro- that he felt that um, a lot of players come to a club like Chelsea with a lot of expectation and they just don't have it mentally to, to turn up. And he felt that's what's happened with Batshuayi. And he also said that his skill level in terms of his control of the ball when he gets the, receives the ball wasn't up to oh. it. So, so Ray Wilkins would agree with you. I'm going to bring Clayton in, otherwise it'll become the JK and Dan show. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> but uh, John, uh, Clayton, would, would, I mean, A, would you agree... With Dan Moore, or would you agree with Jonathan Moore? And the, one, the other thing I want to ping in your direction, of course, is there is a possible solution to this because it's rumoured, of course, that we're going to do a swapsy deal with uh, with Clorente from uh, from Swansea, aren't we? With uh, Batshuayi. Yeah, um, let, let's let's get the Lorente thing out of the way first. Um, I'd love Lorente. I think he's a really class player. I think he's a good goal scorer, and I think he'd be great for us off the bench. Um, I'm not 100% sure that sending Batshuayi to Swansea is a particularly good idea. Um, I'd send one of the other kids. I mean, if we've got kids that we can let them have, Paul Clements there, he knows he, he knows all those boys there. Um, he could choose who he wanted um, and get Laurenti in. I, I, I think it, it, Swansea are struggling and, and why would you get rid of a great goal scorer? Maybe, you know. Um, so I think, I think Laurenti would be good. I, I mean, you know, Fuck it, we're we're a we're a huge club. Just go and buy him. What's the matter? You know all this fanning about and loneliness and loneliness. That just go and do it if you want him. Make an offer they can't refuse. Anyway, moving on. Um, I'm in between the two of uh, Jonathan and, and Dan because I, I get really hacked off because you know this kid, and he is a kid. You know, he basically scored virtually a goal every other game for Marseille. Now, you're going to say, OK, Marseille's not the Premier League, etc. Yeah, Marseille are a decent side. So he scored one in every two. You know, he scored almost a goal every other game. OK, so that's point number one. Point number two, he has had no playing time at all. When he joined us, he came from the Euros. He's possibly tired. I don't know. Yeah, OK, we paid a lot of money for him. Um when I saw him at the beginning of the season, he came on and he scored a couple of goals and he looked okay. 
what's happened since then i've got absolutely no idea whether he's his attitude or the way he trains or what have you um i don't know all i know is we've got a fantastic manager who's bought the best out of a lot of players you you basically wouldn't have given a second look at obviously moses yeah. being the prime example so that's so, so so that that's that but you know yesterday for me in the first half he was trying too hard he was trying much, much too hard because yeah. he is under the most immense pressure. He knows he's going to get no game time at all because Costa's the, you know, it's not the way we play. We play with one striker. He's got limited time. He overtried. He overcomplicated. He made the wrong decision. And yeah, I do agree with Jonathan that, you know, you spend 32 million, you want the finished article. Well, he's a kid. He's not the finished article. He's actually quite young. I think he's going to be very good. Um, whether he's going to be very good for us, I don't know. I mean, I was absolutely, I mean, I was gutted. He scored a goal. He didn't even celebrate it. And I'm sorry, you know, that's, that, that's, that to me, he, he, he had the body language of somebody who basically knew that whatever he did wouldn't be good enough. Now, whether it's immaturity or whether he'd already been told he's going out on loan, I don't know, but I just I think it's a bit harsh to just judge him on that one game. I really do. I mean, I know that he wasn't brilliant against West Ham, but I, I've said this before. Sorry to waffle on, but I've said this before. You know, you've got to imagine you're playing. I mean, you're playing in a team that it, that you're just coming into a group of individuals. Yesterday was not a team. We made nine changes. Now, however many of those players played in the first team is irrelevant. It's nine changes. It's the first time that team's ever played together. So to be too harsh on him, I, I understand what Jonathan's saying. I don't think he's anywhere near as bad as you think he is. I really, I'll tell you what. Yeah, uh, hang on one second. I, I'll let you come in after me. But I'll just pick you up on one thing, Clayton, and that is that, you know, if, if his attitude and his mentality you know, isn't isn't right, isn't you know, you know, he's playing at one of the top clubs in Europe. I mean, I know we're not in Europe this year, but that's a blip. You know, if you can't handle it at the top, then you're not a Chelsea player these days. No, you know, I, that sounds I don't, really harsh. I don't, yeah, I, 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 I tell don't you what disagree. it reminds me of as well. Yeah. I tell you what it reminds me of as well. I, I, I thought what was really interesting about what you said about his his attitude and his performance. Do you know who it reminded me of when he got well, very few chances? Lukaku. Tar yeah, maybe. Maybe who actually but went I on and scored lots of goals in the Premier League. So you know, it's difficult. I isn't do, it? I, I'm not condoning his attitude. You know, we've said this a million times. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes. All I know is that we've got a fantastic manager, and he hasn't given him a chance. And there must be a reason. All I'm mm -hmm. saying is you can't judge him on yesterday. I think he tried too hard yesterday. Yeah. I thought he improved in the second half. I think he, he improved immeasurably in the second half. He was playing. Play. The ball he put into Loftus Cheek at the beginning of the second half, the Loftus Cheek should have scored. You know, he he had a good second half, especially when he realised he wasn't going to be hauled off. You know, he relaxed and he played a bit more. Yes, it is only Peterborough, and yes, he probably should have scored more goals. I don't actually doubt that for a minute. But you know, and it, I know it's an impossible situation, but you, you could only really judge him like four or five games down. You know, if he's had five games on the bounce. And then if okay. he's like that after the fifth game, I agree. All right, Jonathan. You sorry? I, I know I cut you off, but I, I really want to hear what you wanted to say. You yeah, know, it was merely that um, he, Chelsea TV showed the under twenty one game that he 
guested uh, on with uh, with John Terry and Zuma, and, uh, and and he wasn't good at all. And he was playing against Southampton under twenty ones, and I think he's got a, a problem, and I think it may be a mental problem. Mm. I think like I a lot of the right. Belgians, in fact. Can yes. I just ask Jonathan a question? Yeah. In in that game, who scored the winner with an absolutely superb long distance shot? Actually, it was Van Ginkel. He scored the equaliser, <laughs> didn't he? <laughs> he, did. he? I think you just he did score. He, he did score a goal, but he still, you know, it was. It, you thought, well, you know, all right, he's had a go. He was poor. He was poor. I'm sorry. Anyway, listen, he's boys, a striker, we've, got a lot to get through. we've got a lot to get through, so I'm going to cut you down on that one. I think we've done Batshuayi to death there. Well, one player right. that I would really like to talk about, um, and again, you know, the, this is the lovely thing, actually, and it, it happens far too rarely, annoyingly, but I don't get to sit with my really, really, really good mates at the football, and I was sat with Dan yesterday, and it was an absolute pleasure and a privilege, because we could, we could I mean, Dan actually was, was more interested in watching the game, and I was more interested in having a chat, of course, but we did have a few good chats, didn't we, Dan? And one of them uh, was about Chaloba, and, 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 you know, really, I thought he had another really good game. And every time he's played for us this season, he's never looked out of place, which is the first kind of youngster that we've had in my memory that, that you can say that of. And I think in that context, Dan, he, he still looks like the most likely to break through, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, he looked so assured. I mean, he has such a good game. I didn't realise it was his shot that, had up, that was saved at uh, Pedro's goal. I just thought he was everywhere. He tackled well, used the ball very, very sensibly. He just He looked like he'd been part of the furniture for a very long time. You know, very, very impressed. I think he's... And also, Conte trusts him. He's brought him on in so many matches recently with 10, 12 minutes to go just to see the game out. I think, that, you know, there's no doubt he's had talent. He's now got a manager that believes in him and it's, hopefully he's going to get a lot more game time. But, yeah, I would thought he was arguably one of our best players on the pitch. Mm. Um, would you agree with that, Jonathan? Do you like Chaloba? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he looks fine. With You know, he's not scared. Um Fits in, fits into the uh, the standard necessary. I think he's uh, he's really is a great prospect. Mm, good stuff. I'm I'm going to move it on because I think I think we we we've talked about Chaloba a fair amount, and I think we're all kind of agreed that we we do like the, the cut of his jib. Um, Clayton, what did what did you think of Loftus Cheek's performance? I mean, a lot of people after the game were saying that it was arguably his best game for Chelsea thus far. Um, I would be inclined to say that, yes, I would agree with that, but I still don't think he looks ready. And I'm, I'm kind of inclined to think that uh, a loan might, might do him some good. I, I also think, actually, I felt quite sorry for him. We're going to talk about JT sending off in a minute. But, of course, because of that, he got subbed off. And I thought that was a little unfortunate and unlucky. But, yeah, I thought he had a good game. He looked good, but I still don't think he's ready. What do you think, Clayton? Uh, I thought he had a very good game. Uh, of all the games I've seen him play, it was the best I've seen him play. Um, I thought his power was fantastic, and it's something that we don't have. We don't, as much as you know, um, Matic is a big, powerful bloke. No, we haven't got a box-to-box player that runs through as he did yesterday. I thought he was really, really good. I, I, I like you. I was absolutely gutted for him that he went off. And he looked gutted as well, because I think he actually thought, you know, I, I'm I'm in the zone here today. Um, and he was unlucky to be to, to be taken off. I think it speaks volumes uh, for him uh, that we're not loaning him out. Um, that obviously Conte sees something, uh, whether I, I don't think we should loan him out. I think he needs to stay and I think he needs to learn from the master because, you know, we we. 
had I know we'll talk about Ake, which is a very successful loan, and Chaloba's um, loans have been successful. Uh, but we've had just as many guys who just sit on the bench, um, and I really don't think that'll do him any good whatsoever because he, he's he's taken away from the environment where he's going to get fantastic coaching. Um, the one thing that I and I had a conversation with on Twitter with with somebody about this was that. Um, that he still has the tendency to fade because he still hasn't got the stamina to last that full 90 minutes. Um, it, difficult to tell yesterday, um, but I thought yesterday was a massive improvement. He showed a lot of confidence. Um, I know it's, quotes, only Peterborough, but, we, you know, it, it's it's very difficult to, to see where he is going to get game time with us. But um, I don't know. I think it'd be better that he stays with us, to be honest. Cool, mate. Dan, do you still think that it... Do, I mean, do you think that m- maybe... I mean, what we've talked about Loftus-Cheek a lot, obviously, uh, on the show this yeah. season and, and, and a little bit last season. And they're all... I mean, I know Jonathan's been, you know, not been a fan and I, I, I'm the jury's out as far as I'm concerned. But I think one of the things that's come through all the discussions we've had about him is that nobody seems to know what's, what his best position in the side is. And I just wonder if perhaps that is his position, Dan. Yeah, he looked, he looked very comfortable. His, his, his biggest problem is he's always been the poster boy for the uh, for the uh, academy, and he hasn't quite got the levels he needs to be. But I agree with Clayton. He, he needs to stay. Conte will bring out the best of all the players. You know, look what he's done to Moses. Mm-hmm. I thought he did very good just playing off. Yeah, part of the front three. He's got good. Yeah, he should have scored a goal, but he got himself in the position. He made an intelligent run. Times it perfectly. He's onside. Yes, he should have scored, but. You know, he did a really nice setup for um, Batshuayi's goal. So yeah, I think it was his most promising sixty odd minutes. And as we say, he may have got the full ninety had JT not um, not got sent off. But mm. you know, we, we need these players for for the running. You know, you know, can't rely on Matic or or Camping not to get injured. And uh, you know, like maybe when we play Brentford, maybe have off the cheek next to Kante and see what he does there. So breaking yeah. from deep because Matic has got forward quite often this season and has got seven assists. So if you give him a similar role to, to Matic this season, we might just see you know, more development for, mm. for Ruben. Jonathan, have you, uh, I mean, did that 60 minutes do anything to change your mind about him? Um, it was the best I've seen him play. I agree with you. Mm. Um, but I, 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 I still think he just, he doesn't, he just loses it. He doesn't run back a lot. He just strolls around a bit too much still for me. I mean, I, you've got to give the fact that Conti has made a uh, uh, has actually made the statement that he's not going to send him out on loan. Obviously, means that he sees something in him, you know. And I, I, I repeat my my statement about last week of if he if he has that ability to make um, not great players into really excellent players, well, then perhaps we should we should say okay, he's seeing something in him that personally I don't see. But you know, I'm not um, managing Chelsea, and I don't. You know, I don't know what's going on on the on, on the the, um, the training ground, but but um, um, you know, I would I'd love him to do well. I really would. I'd love him to do well. But I, I'm I'm for me the jury's still out. And my worry mm. is also. Just wanted to ask um, two other things. Was first of all, um, is Ake what what role will Ake have when he comes? Is he going to be on the bench? Is he uh, is he possibly um, in for Alonso? Is what's what's his role going to be? And my, my other one, just to ask another question quickly, sorry, sorry, Dan, is um, uh, I really don't think that um, uh, Aina is up to it. Um, uh, and I think when he came on, uh, they scored and we were really, um, we looked poor. And he, he 
and when they brought Kante on, obviously, then we just everything went to came together again. But uh, I think he's he's still vulnerable. But I, you know, I've got to once again, you've got to admire the fact that our manager um, gives them a go, and uh, he yeah. obviously feels that they're the players at the moment who are that are the best up and coming youngsters. So yeah. you know, yeah. let's let's hope for improvement. My worry is is I don't see how they're going to get in, and particularly oh, oh. if he does purchase purchase somebody at. Uh, um, in the in the transfer window, Dan Ake. Okay. Yeah, two points. Well, I said to Chich as we were leaving, Ivanovic spent a long time after the game of centre circle, kind of just looking around. So I was wondering maybe he's not. He... <laughs> yeah, no. I now agree. this is after, after the game. After the game, I agree. he was looking around like it's almost like this was his last game. So I'm wondering if he's got a move lined up in the window, and Ake's yeah, yeah, come back just yeah, to sort good. of cover. Very very yeah. good point. And, yeah. Yeah. Second point, he was put, he Aina. Was well. I don't. Brown was all right. I mean, listen, he's, he's lost that yard of pace. He's, 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 you know, he's definitely on the way. But going back to Aina, I just think it was. It's hard to judge him because we went down to ten men, had a really reorganised, and they came right at us. And it's always going to happen. I think when he when he's coming, generally he's done okay. Again, he's not had huge amounts of game time, but I thought going forward he was okay. And defensively, listen, he was he was defending where he should be, and the guy in between the two centre halves to score the goal. So I think slightly harsh criticism of him. Can I just pick up on this whole Ake point? Because, I mean, it, it, it's official now, isn't it? He is coming back. I mean, number one, was it right to bring him back? Um, will he actually play? And if so, where is he going to play? Clayton, we haven't heard from you for a while, so I'm going to hit you with that one first. Um, OK, uh, I, I've, I think Jonathan's got uh, taken the harsh pills. Um, I, don't, I don't think... <laughs> Has he fallen off his chair? Um, no, Dan making no, a not me, racket. Not me, no, Dan, Dan, Dan's fallen off his chair. Dan, <laughs> shut up! Um, I don't actually think that um, Aina was at fault for the for, for the goal. Um, I, I think, I didn't you know... Say the, that. I didn't say that. You said that, that they scored when he came I, on. No, anyway. No, no, they, they scored soon you after did. he That's came on. did, that's what you said. Okay, they scored soon after he came on. Soon after he came on. I don't think he's at fault for the goal. I just don't think it, he, he he was really unsure of himself all the way through this, the, all the period he was on until Kante came on. Well, Sorry. I I I disagree, but you know, I think he looks a, a promising player. Um, and again, I, I, the point you make is spot on. When are they going to get game time? So the thing okay. is that these 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 guys have to come on and fail. You know they have to they have to be found out. That's the only way they're going to improve. I don't mean foul generally, but they have to make mistakes to be better. Ake should never have gone out in the first place. Every time I see him play, he looks consummate on the ball, never in trouble. Um, I thought he was a fantastic cover for any any position in the back four or back five, as we now have. He can deputise in uh, as a DM. I think he's a fabulous, fabulous player. I'm very glad he's back. Personally, I think it's basically to shadow Alonso um, because I think Alonso looks tired, as does Moses. Um, and I, I think he will get game time. I don't. I really don't think he would have been brought back. I think that the other point that may, I mean, will come. I, I, I've just, I've missed. Laid the script, but are we talking about Zuma? 
Um, well, well obviously, it depends obviously, if you want a four-hour show or not, but possibly. No, well, I mean, basically, I, I think that Zuma is, is way off the pace, as, as we saw yesterday. Yeah, I'd agree and with I that. Think, and I think Ake um, has been brought in because uh, Zuma's not, not ready um, and won't be agree, at least agree a month, completely. two months. Absolutely agree with you. Absolutely, completely. Absolutely. And he mentioned, <laughs> Conte mentioned, he said, he said, um, uh, he's had a very, very bad injury. He made a very specific point of saying that. And I read between the lines, which was, it's not working the way we thought it would. Mm. Absolutely. He did look he did look really off the pace, bless him, didn't he? I mean, it's lovely to see him he back. Did. And I, he's such a popular player there. But he didn't look anything like the player that broke into the side a couple of years ago, which is a great shame. Listen, boys, I'm gonna. I tell you what, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna carry on with this uh, until because we've really only got one thing to talk about, and that's the John Terry incident. Um, and actually, if we if we're good boys, we can still get this under the wire and, and not be horribly overrunning. Um, so the first thing I've got to say was that other than seeing uh, Zuma back, it was really I I don't know why, but it gave me a warm glow in my heart to see John Terry playing. Uh, in the middle of the defence. Um, but I do have to say, I mean, it seems a bit churlish to say that, that he, he's vulnerable to pace because he's always been vulnerable to pace. Um, but I think other than that, he looked a bit solid. But here's the thing. Uh, Jonathan, as your as our resident referee, uh, was it a red card or not? Um, I think Branner was too far away. So, yes, he prevented a goal-scoring opportunity. And um, the very fact that he appeared to hurl himself in front of the player um, uh, uh, kind of face down and causing the player to fall over him, even though apparently they've said he didn't touch him. But uh, in the laws, it, it's intent and uh, uh, and the player's feeble attempt at vaulting him. Perhaps he thought that he, he would achieve something by, by smashing into him. But I'm afraid from where I was and every other subsequent picture I've seen of it, I thought it was a penalty. Sorry, I'm sorry. Can, 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 I mean, can I read you this? You, you may well be no, familiar with this. You've seen it in the script. The listeners won't won't have seen this, but it was in actually. I, I tell you what, I, I pilfered it from the the absolutely gorgeous and lovely and beautiful and wonderful Alex Churchill, who uh, whose blog I put up on the website today as a kind of a, a report on on the game. And she she'd found this somewhere. She was definitely of the opinion that it shouldn't have been a red card, as of course, as uh, I think Dan was saying earlier on, that uh, Chelsea uh, and Conte said he would do this, that they are going to appeal it, but. Uh, this is what the law says. Um, players who commit a foul to deny a goal-scoring opportunity will no longer automatically be sent off. Football's rulemaking body has confirmed. However, players committing accidental fouls that deny a goal-scoring chance will now be cautioned instead. But deliberate fouls will still incur a red card. Those include holding, pulling or pushing, not playing the ball, serious foul play, violent conduct or deliberate handball in order to deny a goal-scoring opportunity. The change has been ratified by the International Football Association Board, a body made up of the four British football associations and FIFA, which decides on changes to the laws of the game. So I think really what we're talking about, boys, is it's all a matter of interpretation because, you know, did John Terry deliberately fall over to knock that guy over or did, as in fact people have been saying, did he slip and accidentally do it? If he accidentally did it, then it shouldn't have been a red card. If he was just being a bit sly, then it probably should have been. Clayton, I'm going to ask you first. Having having read that out, what do you think now? Um, 
I always go on my first instinct from being there. Uh, that was a, a red card. He deliberately took the guy down. He knew he was going to get fleeced. I just yeah. thought it was all very sad. And I think that's the last we're going to see of him, very sadly. Well, I think that... Well, I'll pick, I, I, go on. No, no, I was going to no, say, I'd I, like to pick, pick up on that in a minute, but carry on anyway. Um, I just I just thought, you know, he he saw what was happening he, he sort of laid on the floor because he yeah. knew it was going to trip the guy up. And, and to be honest with you, it was, it was bad. I can't, I, I don't, you know, Branner covering is no defense as somebody said. Um, but, <laughs> True. Harsh um, but, but, <laughs> but um, harsh, but fair, but you know, it, it was just sad to see. Um, yeah. It, I, yeah. I can't, I, I think a club appealing it is, is basically trying to, pat him on the head and say yeah yeah no that wasn't a penalty and I think they know that there's absolutely no chance that's going to succeed at all yeah. I mean Dan you know I did turn, I, I turned around to you at the time didn't I and said mate he's going to go he's going to go for that yeah. that was my gut instinct and I mean would, would anything that you just heard change your mind no and I've also seen the highlights on TV and there's, it was it, it's a red card all day every day I mean it was it was it was cunning it was 20 years of experience <laughs> Ivanovic was not going to make it through. It was it was a definite red. I think this is just a, you know, we might he might get an extra bound for a, fri- a frivolous appeal. So it, you know, it's, it's, it was a last man. It was it was it was a, it was a nailed on cast iron red, no doubt at all. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, yeah. Jonathan, I thought what was interesting that Clayton said, apart from, I mean, I think we'd all we all agreed, it, it, you know, whether we like it or not, it was, it was probably a deserved red card, but. Uh, do you really think that is the last time we'll ever see JT? I mean, my, my own feeling on that is it won't be. I think that he'll still get thrown into the odd cup match. I, I, I expect him to start against Brentford, for example. Me too. I mean, I if it is, what a horrible yeah. way to end his career. But do you think it is? No. 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 Well, I hope not. I don't think they do that to him unless he uh, goes this week or, you know, in the before the transfer window goes. Perhaps suddenly somebody comes in from China. I don't know what his, uh, his approach would be. I, don't think, I think he would like to go out with style at the end of the season, um, uh, you know, and he might then play one of the games towards the end if we won the league by then, which would be mm. rather hopeful. Can I, can I modify, cool. can I modify what I was going to say then? Whilst yeah. it might not be the last time you see him in a Chelsea shirt, I think it's the last time you'll see him in a meaningful game in a Chelsea shirt. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, if, if he does play again, um, you know, I think it would be at the end of the season where we've hopefully won the league and, and perhaps already won the league. Um, I mean, will he play against Brentford? I'm not. If he gets a three-game ban, I no, don't he know won't. It'll we... be a one-game ban, Clayton. It wasn't violent conduct. No, it's it's a straight red. It's three games. No, it's it's, it? a, it's, a, it's not as professional as one-game ban. He might yeah. get a second game for a right. appeal. Well, maybe he'll play against Brentford, but I, 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 I'd be very surprised. I mean, he... Yeah. Obviously, he's been out for a long time, and and I think that you have to take everything into consideration. Um, and he needs to get back because if you remember when he was injured before, he took at least three or four games before he was back to anywhere near um, his best, and and he's not going to get that. So I I I do think that. Um, yeah, it, it, I think as I say, uh, I can't, yeah, yeah, that's a very good point, mate. Actually, and I, I, I think the, uh, the, you know, the point that when you're JT's age, you actually need to be playing regularly. Otherwise, it's a bit like trying to get, you know, turning an oil tank around. That every time he comes yeah. back, it's going to take him three or four games to warm up, and he's not going to get that. I mean, I'm going to let Jonathan come in in a second for it for the final word on this. But I would, I would echo what the boys have just said. Really, I fully expect and hope to see 
Uh, John Terry coming on for the last uh, two or three minutes of the FA Cup final with Chelsea 5-1 up uh, against <laughs> Liverpool uh, or Spurs. Uh, and also, uh, to, I fully expect to see him jumping around in his kit, whether he's played or not, uh, cavorting with the Premier League trophy in the last match of the season. So um, I don't think it'll be the last we'll see of him in that context. But I like Clayton's point. I think it's unlikely he'll play in another meaningful match. Jonathan, last word on this before we go to a break. Would he, wouldn't he be holding the uh, the FA Cup up, being the um, the, the, sorry, the, league, uh, the league trophy up, being the captain of the club? I would certainly one, hope so. Yeah, no, my, my point was going to be how appalling it was that Spurs decided that they would make an announcement at the oh, ground yeah. that Terry had been sent off. Absolutely. Oh, that's um, that's Spurs, mate, isn't it? Lower class club for good Absolute sake. wankers. It's like making a, lot of a DVD of last week's team. Complete wank, wanky behaviour. God's sake. Oh, so and, 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 yeah, very Spursy. And did you see, very, it's a very good segue, JK. Well done, because we are speaking about that interminable match last week in a minute. But the other thing during the rounds, they're all going on about the fact that. Uh, they were the first English club to win a European Cup. Of course, they meant some, you know, tin pot cup, winner's cup, not a European Cup. And we are still the only team in London with a European Cup, and they'll never sing that. And on that happy note, uh, I can say that we will be uh, looking unhappily at last week's defeat to Spurs and asking whether it exposed some weaknesses or was it just a cagey, scrappy game decided by fine margins. We'll be back in a sec. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. 
Right, welcome back. I am Stanford Jidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast, and I'm delighted. We've got a stellar lineup tonight, my favourite people. We've got Clayton in the house. Good evening. We've got my mate Dan, who I uh, very uh, happily sat next to uh, uh, in the West Lower yesterday. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Good evening. And we have the ever so lovely and winsome Jonathan Kidd. Hello. <laughs> I think that in the break, I think in the break that Jonathan basically has a vial of something, you know, illegal. <laughs> That's the only way I can explain his behaviour when we come back from a break. Absolutely fantastic. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Jonathan. I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you flasks of mushroom tea on Monday nights. <laughs> that would be great. Thanks very much. I'd like okay. that. Anyway, somebody who I would like to give something far worse than mushroom tea to is the entire Spurs fraternity. Um, but anyway, you know, obviously I talked about this a little bit with Kerry last week and I thought actually he was very interesting and quite measured. Uh, if you haven't uh, heard what Kerry had to say about the Spurs match, then go to the Chelsea Fancast website. There's a whole page dedicated to the Kerry Dixon show, as I like to call it. So uh, well worth a listen. I mean, for what it's worth, my, my interpretation... I mean, you know, like you all, no doubt, I was just so, so, so pissed off at losing to them. And and also what I perceived was kind of losing without much of a fight is what it seemed. But in the cold light of day, uh, and with a little bit more of a level head, I kind of decided that it was actually a, a very cagey, scrappy game. Where actually, in all honesty, I think both teams really... Uh, cancelled each other out. I mean, the first thing I would say, though, uh, and I think a lot of feedback after the game pointed to this as a lot of people Dan thought that Pochettino did quite a tactical job on us uh, in, in a sense their midfield three outplayed uh, and outmuscled really our, our midfield two and, and, and also pressed the the kind of front mill three as well but I mean summing it up really for me mate I mean I thought Kante had possibly the worst game he's played for yeah. us didn't look at races yeah Dem- Dem- did the job yeah, I think they did. They they played yeah. well, Spurs, given their credit, tactically as well as actually out on the pitch. But I thought Hazard was poor, Pedro very poor, and I didn't. I thought Louise had a bit of an off day. I mean, a lot of our players either looked tired, or uh, had a poor game, or were made to play poorly by a Spurs side playing at the top of its game. Dan, that's kind of how I would look at it now in the cold light of day. I think I think agree to a point, but it's, it's such game of fine margins because if Hazard scores yes. after five minutes, we're yes, one nil up. Absolutely. He gets an equaliser thirty seconds in the second half. It, it was a game of fine margins. Spurs didn't create that much. It was very it was no. quite a midfield dominated game. I don't remember Courtois really being tested. Um, they obviously saw a little chink in our defence by getting Delay to come in between um, Azpilicueta and Moses coming you know deep and late runs, and we got done by two carbon copy goals. I mean Alonso committed for the second goal, was out of position, allowed Ericsson to get across and unchallenged. And, you know, fair play to Ali, he popped in and you know, got a decent header. It's, it's not all doom and gloom. I mean, listen, I hate losing to Spurs because, you know, they, they'll have a DVD about it, you know, the whole kind of carry on is their season. But 13 out of 30 wins out of 14, in, you know, in the cold light of day in perspective, going to a team who are third in the league, it's not necessarily unexpected, we, we would get turned over. It's... What can you do at Spurs? I'd rather, yeah, and listen, I mean, if you ask, if you ask any Spurs fan, would they rather be, uh, be, be five, seven points clear to Chelsea or vice versa? I'd rather be, you know, five points clear to Spurs. 
Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, yeah. Clayton, did you, did you think that Pochettino did... I mean, you know, because the, the, the interesting thing is if we look back to the game that we played in, uh, in November or whenever it was, uh, you know, I think Spurs pretty much outplayed us in the first half and we, we, we had the benefit of scoring absolutely at the right time and we equalised, didn't we, just on half-time and then that seemed to knock the wind out of their sails. Um, but, I mean, you know, they, they did a good job and I, and I actually felt that I think Pochettino kind of really learnt a lot from that match and I I think he he had he, you know Pochettino played a tactical blinder in that Clayton particularly in the midfield do you think yeah I do um I think that Dan's point is is so spot on it is fine margins um yeah. in in the same way that that when they played our place we scored that goal just before half time after being arguably completely outplayed in the first half and I think that just knocked the stuffing out of them because I think they just said to themselves, we can't beat this team. Um, and I think they, they were fired up to a certain extent, but there was nothing between the teams in the first half. There really, really wasn't. Um, as Dan said, Courtois didn't have a save to make. The whole Well, you know, I think both sides had two shots on target. Their two went in and our two didn't. Um, the... Beginning of the second half, we we were all over them for about 10 minutes. And then they scored. And once they scored their second goal, the game came to an end. Um, I think it was very unfortunate that a lot of our players decided to have their worst game. Um, as you said, Kante was awful. Um, but one thing, and, and you, you were correct, Chidge, to do so, is that sometimes you just have to say the opposition were better than we were. Mm, yeah. um, and I think it's it's very difficult when it's them. Um, because it, it's very hard to stomach. But they're a good side. They really are a good side. But, you know, the thing is, the, the one thing I take away from that game is, OK, we lost. Is And I know this is going to sound like the most ridiculous thing to do, but Dele Alley, OK, he scored two goals. What did he do in the game other than that? I mean, I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous, but he did nothing. Harry Kane did nothing. They're, they created two chances and they scored them. They had shots from outside the box. I think one of the one of our better players on the night was Matic. Um, but at the end of the day, nobody nobody closed down Ericsson. Um, I, I think that in games like that, and I think we do have to, and I hope Conte's learned for the Liverpool game because I think it's going to be a similar sort of thing, is that when signs line up against us, we've only got two stellar midfield players. We've only got Kante and um, Matic. And we are lining up against three. And I think that's where we lose out because those three bully the two. Yeah. Um, and although we've got wing backs, they're not genuine midfield players who are going to close the midfield and I think that's that's part of the reason why we suffered. But bottom line is we lost. We lost a game, you know, um, and it's only going to look bad if we then start losing games, which I don't think we will. But mm. yeah, no, it was it, it, it very unfortunate because it's them. Um, but we the run had to come to an end. Mm. Jonathan, I think you know some. Isn't it wonderful that we're, we're you know we're doing this with a good almost week's worth of hindsight and reflection, but. I think actually everybody's made a good point on here so far, and it really is fine margins in a game that's 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 that close between such two such good teams. And 
you know, Deli Ali. They had they had two shot. They had two attempts on target. Deli Ali scored them both. We had two on target. Hazard and Costa missed them, and ultimately that was the difference. Do you think, or or were weaknesses exposed in our team? I mean, Clayton's just alluded to this idea that when we come up against teams who who basically press the two our two midfielders with three, it, it has and can cause problems. So, is it was it weaknesses exposed, or was it really just fine I margin? Think I- I sent you a, a a message, didn't I, saying weaknesses exposed. You did, um, actually. You did. But, uh, I did. exactly what I sent you. Because I felt that they exploited uh, those people who've been playing out of their skin this year. Um, they yeah. specifically put pressure on them. So Alonso got really uh, stiff. He got really marked out of the game, as did Moses, who was forced to, to defend most of the time. He couldn't get forward. And Pedro had a very poor game, and they're the three people for me who've made. Who've, well, obviously Pedro was. You know, we we've, we we almost written him off the last two seasons, and he's been completely brilliant. Um, mm. As have Moses and Alonso is still um, uh, slightly, uh, occasionally a bit dubious defensively. But you know, I've got to his his, his athleticism and his his ability to uh, get the ball practically more than any other player on the pitch is, is remarkable but um but the other thing that i, I, well, I was going to mention that clayton mentioned was um and first of all that uh delhi ali didn't play at the bridge you have to remember um uh, but also that the goal that we scored as you said uh, clayton the goal that we scored pedro scored at the end of the uh, just going towards the end of the first half um really um changed their mental attitude and changed ours and we we had that opportunity with hazard to score it in the beginning of the first half I'm so I'm just repeating what you said Clayton but I think it was very relevant that I thought that uh, um, Pochettino actually had it sussed at the bridge except uh, um, this time they managed to uh, to stop well we we were strangely um, out of sorts when it came to taking the chances which we've been very good at uh, Costa and Hazard have been both been very good at in every other game but I think part of it was because of the pressure because they're both sides were putting such pressure on each other. So I think it's actually a, a combination of the two. I think it's small margins and the fact that we uh, they tactically had us um, were, were, were asking us questions that no other side has asked. And my worry, my this is me speaking with somebody who's watched us fall apart um, uh, in the 70s. Um, my worry is that we will now um, have been sussed by a large number of, of by the clubs and it's going to be very difficult for us to win again now. But that's, that's me being, that's me being yeah. ever. pessimistic. Ever, you know, ever Jonathan. Yeah. Ever. Relegation ever. beckons. Two, yeah, we're down. Two, I mean, look, we've got 40 points. We're not going to go down. But two, two points. Um, not every team is going to be as good as Spurs, nor have the ability to do what Spurs no, do. I agree. You, look, you look at Hull. Necessarily and what the most important thing is how it reacts against Leicester. If we go to Leicester and get a win, then that, that whole point was forgotten. And as, as Conte made the point, why am I going to change formations? It's worked very well for 13 out of 14 games. We've got another week's rest to get everybody fit. So, you know, just to re-establish, you know, we didn't do anything wrong that game. It wasn't like we were absolutely hammered and taking the cleaners. We gave away two two stupid goals. Could have won the game had, you know, things gone differently. I'm, I'm, I'm still pretty positive. And I think long as we get a positive think, reaction. I also think that, Dan, I also think Spurs are going to lose the next game after they've been playing in the Europa League. Yeah, I mean, Spurs, Spurs don't worry me. I mean, I, th- I think you, you look at Spurs or Arsenal potentially to drop out of the top four. Um, a very, very quick, so a friend of mine started giving me a lot of abuse on um, Facebook after the game. And I turned around and said, yeah, happy new year to you and good Champions League campaign. Never heard a word from him. 
<laughs> love it, love it, love it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a it's a really interesting thing actually. Because I'm mean, I, I, just kind of picking up on what you were saying, Clayton. Actually, and and you know the, the the difficulty with with you know talking about this game having having been beaten by Spurs is really for me, and I think for so many Chelsea supporters, solely down to the fact that we lost against Spurs. If we'd lost against anybody else, I don't think there would have been quite the reaction that there was. But, you know, I mean, here's another thing to kind of throw into the bigger picture positive mix. In a sense, uh, do you think that, you know, losing that game, you know, that run coming to an end might be a blessing in disguise? Because, you know, I, I, I know everybody denies it. I know that Conte says we just think about a game at a time, but I don't buy it. You know, if you're playing for a team, you know you're on a winning run. You know, and I'm sure the pressure mounts on you as a result. So the fact that that, that run's come to an end is possibly a monkey off the back. But again, I, I, I reiterate, it's just so fucking annoying that it was against Spurs, Clayton, oh. isn't it? Is that the point? Well, you don't have to ask me that question because you know what the answer is. Well, exactly, um, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I do think that there is... Um, it, it definitely has an effect on the players. I mean, we... we we all agree that we thought a lot of our players looked tired, which is ridiculous because they're playing one game a week. And I think it's tired. not exactly. It's it's in the brain. It's, you know, I mean, what we would have done if we would have won that game is we would have achieved something that has not been achieved yeah. in 150 odd years of, of top flight football in this country. I mean, just, I mean, that that's staggering. That's absolutely yeah. staggering. So, you're quite right. As much as you basically think, oh, uh, it didn't matter. And I think ultimately it didn't matter. It does matter because it's Spurs. Yeah, but exactly, because it's Spurs. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, I, I think the thing is that if you remember when we went on that ridiculous home undefeated um, run with 80 plus games, you know, Towards the end of yeah. that run, we were we basically were playing some crap football and we were going for draws instead of trying to win games because we didn't want to lose the record. Yeah. So I think it does have an effect. Um, I think, you know, law of averages, you can't win every game. Yes, of course, it's because it's them. It's, it's, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. But the bottom line is I know in my heart of hearts at the end of the season when they've won absolutely dick again, um, the, the disappointment won't be there because mm. I can see the bigger picture, which they never can. And that's why they don't win anything. And that's why they announced John Terry being sent off at half time because it's a small club that takes its pleasure in, in, in stupid things, you know, just concentrate on yourself. Don't worry about what we're doing. Yeah. And, and you know what, mate? And the corollary of that is that's exactly the same attitude that Arsenal have, who Arsenal fans would have thought it would have been far more important to have won that 14th game and broken the all-time record and, and finished fourth at the end of the season and not won anything, would they? I know, but they've, the they've got a bus parade, haven't they? Because they, yeah. they basically have preserved their record. Yeah, we'll count well, the trophies, can I just boys. Say yeah, yeah, sure, mate. Go ahead. Can I say that the one thing that I, I, I'm getting annoyed about um, about the whole Spurs thing. Uh, for example, the beginning of, of the, the, the small-mindedness of singing in the middle of the liquidator, We Hate Tottenham. We hate Tottenham. I, that is really, really on a, on a par with, with John Terry being uh, uh, announced as being sent off. And I'm I, I really dismayed that that has entered into the beginning of the game. Um, the first thing that is said by the crowd is "We hate Tottenham" in the middle of a of a Chelsea song. 
as if somehow that is unbelievably important. No, it's not. We should ignore Tottenham in exactly the same way that you were talking to then about it, Clayton. We should okay. let them get on with that kind of thing. I think that's really, really poor. Can, can I can I kind of take what you said there, Jonathan, and, and, and apply it to something a bit broader? Because there's been a lot of discussion this week, and we've got a about, couple of minutes, yeah. so why not? There's a, I know that it's, it, it seems to be something about Twitter, so it's not perhaps as broad as we, we are led to believe, but a lot of people are getting very fed up and cross with uh, a lot of songs being sung, which apparently break the Twitter rulebook of Chelsea songs to be sung, and they are, in no particular order, the Frank Lampard song, uh, Stand Up If You Hate Tottenham, uh, the Gerard uh, Slip song, and what's the other one? Anybody remind me? There are three of them, that, aren't there? Uh, yeah, well, you've just said three. three yeah. Is that it? Is that the three? Those, those, those yeah. are the three main ones. Yeah, the fact that we're singing about completely irrelevant things when we never ever Absolutely sing. I mean, agree. you know, uh, the, there's the Williams song, but at least we're singing a song about a player who's on the pitch. But going back to what Jonathan was saying, perhaps we're only singing that because he hates Tottenham, he hates Tottenham. That's possibly why we're singing it. But, you know, on Sunday when they started singing the Stevie G song, I just thought, what? And I mean, that was just mad. I agree completely. Absolutely. I said, we're just waiting for it, weren't we? I I called him, didn't I, Dan? I called him. Yeah. I mean, look, here's the thing, chaps, and it's, it's interesting because I think you, you three have laid it on the line and, uh, you know, you are, you are members of the uh, Chelsea song rulebook fraternity as a result. I mean, I, I, my heart agrees with you entirely, but what, the only caveat I would have to that, and also all the moaners on Twitter, the grumpy old men on Twitter, because I'm afraid it does tend to be the grumpy old men that I know and love on Twitter... I would say this. I would rather some. I'd rather the ground actually sang anything than than the wrong song. You know, I'd rather the wrong songs were sung than nothing at all was sung and it was bloody quiet. Yeah. Jonathan's just spontaneously I... combusted. I think. I don't know, Jonathan, what's happening? No, there's an element of that. I understand. At least they're singing, but you know, I just. It's almost as if they're not actually watching what's going on on the pitch. It's almost as if somebody said, oh, I know we need to have a good song now. And you think, yeah, but try and do something. Even just do the old Chelsea. We don't even hear that anymore. We're not hearing it. Yeah. We're hearing, you know, the Frank Lampard song. Fair enough. But, you know, first of all, it, it annoys me because it, it's, it's, you know, he scored 200 against the Pikes. Well, he didn't. He scored his 200th goal against the Pikes, as we're supposed to be. And also, we're actually being, we're calling them Pikes, which we shouldn't really be doing. Um because that's not uh, that's not actually uh, you not know, that's, yeah you well Car- yeah, caravan not, dwellers doesn't be, scan you know, though Jonathan I'm, I'm being I'm being very PC about it now the other just uh, just to, to digress a second um, apparently uh, the the lady linesman um, uh, Sean Massiellis was get unbelievably abused at the game by Chelsea fans really? but, uh, sexistly yeah and I think that this is uh, this is part and parcel of the whole thing. I just really, I think some of some of the crowd are just absolutely not getting what what they're supposed to be doing, you know, which is encouraging the team, you know, not singing about things that are irrelevant and having a go at a female linesman. For God's sake, what is that all about? Well, all all I can say to that, Jonathan, is I suspect you can blame all of the people who were moved from the shed into the West Lower. (laughs) Because I tell you what, you know, this uh, kind of slight uh, uh, tangent, but related in a way jk 
I was actually quite surprised uh, because I, I, I actually sat in a part of the ground where I've never sat before. I was kind of on the Matthew Harding end of the West Lower. And uh, there were, uh, you know, and I remarked, and Dan will back me up on this, you know, because uh, I, I noticed immediately, actually, there were lots and lots of kids around. And I said, blimey, Dan, is this the family section? I'll have to moderate my behaviour today. And actually, I did, didn't I, Dan? I wasn't half yeah. as foul-mouthed as I usually am. Yeah, there was like, there was lots of kids around us. I thought I can't And there were, you know. Yeah. yeah. And really enjoying it. So it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's good to see, get these, you know, these people a chance to come to games they wouldn't necessarily have a chance to see because it's easy to get tickets, and these could be the next generation of Chelsea fans. So, you know, we, and they were well-behaved, all really enjoying it, it's, it's, it's good to see. Well, you know, that does stop us swearing, which is a bit frustrating, but hey-ho. Anyway, listen, just to draw a line under yeah. it, I mean, I, 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 if you allow me the indulgence, I'll have the final word on it, which is, you know, I, I kind of agree with both sides of the camp here. I mean... I, I, it does annoy me to hear songs which I think are irrelevant, but on the other hand, I'd, I'd rather have noise than no noise because I think, actually, frankly, that offends me more. Now, um, we've got a few quick plugs, as we always do at this stage of the proceedings, uh, which, uh, again, if you indulge me, I will remind you about. Uh, number one, but this is very important, actually, because uh, the CPO, as Jonathan will know, and Clayton, I think, and Dan, are you all CPO shareholders? We all are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they will know this that there is uh, the AGM on the 23rd of January. Uh, and I think I spoke about it last week on the show about the fact that there's a resolution to be voted on which will uh, allow the CPO to, you know, offer the club a 999 year lease if they deem that appropriate, which I personally I think is a, is a, is a very, very good idea. But that aside, um, if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea, protect the future of the club uh, go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners and uh, of course they own the freehold of Stamford Bridge which is what I was really talking about and their aim of course is to ensure that Chelsea will remain playing football at Stamford Bridge for hundreds of years if not thousands of years uh, now to find out how to buy a share for about 100 quid all you have to do is in- email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and you can follow them at Pitch Owners. But uh, if you buy a share now, you won't be able to vote because it's the cutoff point has been reached. But that shouldn't stop you buying one anyway. Uh, right. Um, talking of uh, quick drag on the old cigarette. Talking of uh, things that need to be supported. I know it's like like almost like a dramatic. What? Well, like you, I'm always giving up and then starting again and then giving up and then start. I'm a hopeless addict, Jonathan. What can I say? Yeah, oh, I know dear that. me. Anyway, uh, Chelsea Supporters Trust, another very worthwhile venture, uh, and I can, I'm delighted to tell you that we have two of the board on the show tonight, that would be me and Dan. Uh, but anyway, um, if you join the trust, the idea is that you can get your voice heard by the club, and clearly, um, you know, with the announcement on Wednesday, because Hammersmith and Fulham Council will be hopefully voting to approve uh, the planning application uh, to redevelop Stamford Bridge, <laughs> Uh, and the moment that we know that, we can then start uh, talking to the club, hopefully, about what happens uh, when we have to relocate. And I think it's pretty certain that it'll be Wembley. And also, we, you know, so we can talk to them about uh, ticket pricing and allocations and where people sit and all this kind of thing. It's very important that, A, the trust uh, get to talk to the club about those things. And obviously, further down the line, the... Uh, you know, when we all go back to the the newly built Stamford Bridge. But in order to do that, we need as many of you as possible to join the trust so that we can go with a heftier argument that we are representing as many supporters as possible. So if you want that to happen, all you have to do is to pay five quid to become a voting member and uh, you sign up at chelseasupporterstrust.com 
Uh, and then that means you can attend any of the meetings that we hold. You can come to any events we do. And of course, you can vote on the issues that directly affect you and get your voice heard. And you can follow them at Chelsea S Trust. Um, I'm delighted to announce that the latest edition of CFC UK, uh, only a pound, hurry up, uh, the only uh, only proper Chelsea fanzine, uh, the new edition of it was out on uh, Sunday. I grabbed my copy at the stall, which is uh, just across the way from Fulham Broadway Tube Station. Um, I have written a very soppy article uh, this month where I, I thank lots of people for being lovely to me over the last year. Uh, fairly sure every well i don't know if you lot got a mention you kind of got a mention by virtue of the fact you do the podcast with me no you did you did make you mentioned us all by name yes did i really yes you did i was in a i was clearly drunk when i wrote it i i I, those are my thoughts exactly yeah i thought drink christmas sherry drink 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 a bit i gave you a tenner tenner chidge to mention (laughs) me don't don't tell him that jonathan don't tell him that uh, but no, there we go. I meant it from the from the, from the heart of my bottom, from the bottom of my heart. I truly meant it. Anyway, apart from my soppy old tarty article, there's some great stuff in there as always. Uh, if you can't get it in person uh, at the stall opposite Fulham Broadway, you can always get it digitally uh, by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the USA, follow the Twitter account at cfcuk uh, USA. And if anyone is interested in getting a uh, an absolute, a proper copy, not a digital one. All you have to do is contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter, and I believe this is absolutely for real, uh, Chid uh, Dan. No, I'm Chid. You're Dan. This is for real. That Dan uh, was in town, wasn't he? And he is generally now known as Dan Lundberg underscore, isn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. Even even his married name, he's, he's double barreled yeah. it. No, he was, he was so, on good form. Saw him for dinner in the Spurs match, and he said he's never actually not. He wanted to meet you because he's not actually met had his name called out so many times actually meeting somebody. So um, no, he was he was a good form. Enjoyed his stay apart from the Spurs game. But no, he sends it sends his best. I was really gutted not to because I've never actually met Dan, and I'm delighted that we've actually um, we we we've you know we we've be, we've been responsible single handedly for having his name changed, which I'm very proud of. But I'm very yeah. disappointed that I didn't meet Dan. Uh, I'm equally disappointed that I didn't meet Josh Winter and Josh Bannister, two lads that I have met before, and I've yeah. not I've I've met them over in the states as well as over here. I believe I'm really upset not to see them, but uh, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm finding it very difficult to get to the midweek games because I'm stuck down in Hampshire because I work down here in the week and I've got things that, you know, I, it's impossible for me to get to uh, a midweek game in time. But uh, never mind. I'll catch up with you boys next time you're here, I hope. Right, enough of all that. After the break, we've got a couple of excellent emails which uh, have posed some very interesting questions for our panel to answer. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And uh, it's the last part of the show. It's been a very lively show this week. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, actually. Uh, and I think that is single-handedly down to the the wonderful talents of uh, Clayton Beerman. Good evening. Uh, of Dan Silver. Evening. And, of course, the lugubrious Jonathan Kidd. Well, hey! Quick, quick breaking news. Leeds are losing 1-0 at half-time. Oh, I actually knew that because somebody posted that on Mixler, but I didn't share oh. it with you, which is very naughty of me. That, well, that's very that true. Is there any more, um, any more FA Cup... Uh, 
No, nothing, nothing exciting. I think uh, Man United are home to Wigan, Spurs are home to Wickham. I think City have got Palace or Bolton, so nothing really. Yeah. There's very trying to pick a live game out. That would be fun. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, yeah. Now uh, we've got a couple of fantastic emails for uh, Jonathan Kidd to read out, and I, and I love the fact that so many people. Uh, I'm going to tell him this. I'm in such a magnanimous and good mood tonight that I'm going to share this on air with Jonathan. But the number of emails I get where people are, are, are just so keen to have them read out by you, uh, I think the thought of it being read out by you is what prompts them to write, J.K. So how about that? I'm I'm uh, I'm flattered and honoured. There we you. go. Thank you. Take it away, J.K. It's lovely to uh, to be able to to give the opportunity particularly from from everybody but particularly all around the world it's uh, it's superb to be humbling isn't in it a, in a show that yeah is that has such a uh, a brilliant uh, family you could say so uh, well done everybody um anyway this this uh, next uh, this email spells out one of the the things about um uh what is what is so good about the show which is uh, weirdly it's length it's at um some people are really pleased by it being a two-hour show. So um, Never mind the quality, feel Stephen. the length. Indeed. Stephen Marshall. Hello, guys. Firstly, can I just say how much I love the podcast? One of the things I love most is the length. I often find other podcasts, especially football-related ones, too short. And I could honestly listen to Chidge and the boys speak for even longer. So, Chidge, let's make it a three-hour show next week. Um, secondly... I wanted to get your opinions on something. I'm from Leeds, born yes. and raised, but I grew up in a Manchester United family mm. with Arsenal neighbours mm. and a son who supports Liverpool. Mm. I first saw Chelsea on TV when we beat Spurs 4-3 at the bridge with a late Mark Steen penalty. And from that moment on, Chelsea were my team. And whenever asked who I supported, I would always say Chelsea. I was only a kid at the time. So there were distractions like the latest toys and WWF wrestling. But in 1996, I started to really watch football. And the moment I saw Zola, I was hooked. I have wonderful memories of watching us win the Cup Winners' Cup on a little, on a little portable TV in the kitchen whilst my mum was ironing. The 1997-98 team is to this day still my absolute favourite Chelsea side, even though we've obviously had better teams since. Anyway, getting to my point, I'm a guy born in Leeds, but I chose Chelsea, that's very brave, which I believe any fan has the right to do. Absolutely. However, I'm constantly getting jibes from Leeds United fans telling me I should support where I'm from. Now, I've never been to the bridge, because to be honest, I can't afford it. But I have seen Chelsea away in Manchester a couple of times. So I just wanted to get your thoughts. Do you think it's OK to support a team where you're not from? Do you think, having not been to the bridge, I can't class myself as a proper fan? Finally, I just wanted to say, keep up the great work, and hopefully we'll all be celebrating the double come the end of the season. Come on, you blues. Kind regards, Stephen. Excellent email. Excellent, excellent question as well. And uh, I will put my hand up first here, uh, Stephen. I am not from Chelsea. I come from Hampshire, from Winchester, in fact. And I support Chelsea, so on that basis, I'd say it's absolutely fine. But I'm going to let the yeah. boys have an answer first. Clayton, I'll start with you. What do you reckon, mate? Um, I think you can be a supporter from wherever you want to be. Um, I think you can support a team in so many different ways. 
Um, the fact you've never been to the bridge, I'm sure it's something you'd absolutely love to do. And if you can't afford to do it, I think that's, you know, it's a shame. Uh, but you'll get there one day. Um, I, I, I've got no problem. I, I think anybody who says that you can't be a proper fan because you don't turn up and you don't see the games is, is uh, it, it's too demeaning and it, it, it's not right. Um, I think there's a lot of people who have actually been priced out, people who used to go who can't afford to go anymore. Uh, I'm lucky enough that I can. Uh, and um, it's, I think, you know, it's a great email. You, you obviously passionately love the club. I mean, talking about watching winning the Cup, Winners' Cup on a portable TV when your mum was ironing is obviously a massive memory for you. I mean, I've got no problem with that at all. I think anybody who's snooty about it really just doesn't get it, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Dan? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I grew up, was born in Spurs, Arsenal, Heartland, um, and I absolutely echo uh, Clayton's sentiments. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're from in the world. If you're Chelsea, you're part of the family. Whatever contribution you make to us is, is brilliant. It's fantastic. You obviously love the club. Um, yeah, you're welcome to Chelsea family, and hopefully one day we'll, we'll see at the bridge and have a pint. Obviously, Dan should support his local team. Which is Barnet. Saracen. <laughs> good swerve. Very good swerve, mate. Jonathan. <laughs> well, I was born in uh, Kensington and Chelsea, and my dad was a Chelsea fan, and I think you're all plastic. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Jonathan, I can chat that my granddad was a Chelsea fan, so I trump you. <laughs> all right, you win. No, I, I agree completely. I think you can... Uh, it's your level of support, isn't it, Stephen? You shouldn't be persuaded by any Leeds United fan that you're not a proper fan. You've supported Chelsea since you were little. You keep with supporting Chelsea, and uh, yeah. you know, put your put your. If you're a Twitter Twitter fan, you should tweet and see if anybody's got an available ticket, and uh, try and make a special journey down, and then we'll all we'll all meet you. Because um, yeah. I think it's uh, it's a lovely email, and um, uh, I just think you know, don't ever be swayed by anybody telling you you're not supporting your local team because you it's made a load that of decision. Rubbish. Rubbish. Yeah. Rubbish. Absolutely. It, I mean, I mean Old, Tra- really... Old, Old Trafford would be empty every week, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, it, I think, I think it. You know, of all the arguments about what makes a proper supporter, it's it's one of the most spurious. Um, the other one, uh, I'm I'm sorry, lads. I'm 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 riled up. I'm you know I'm going to have to have a bit of a rant about this. The other one that really gets my go is how long you've supported the club for, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. You know, every the the first time that Clayton went to uh, Chelsea was in nineteen sixty seven. Clayton, uh, first time I saw Chelsea was sixty seven. First time yeah. I actually went to Stamford Bridge was sixty eight. But yeah, yeah. well so, remembered. So where the, where the hell were you in nineteen fifty five? That's disgraceful. I know. Plastic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, Clayton, you know, this is you? the point. Yeah. You, you you can't you can't control when you first bloody well go. It depends on a lot there. of it. Depends on how old you are. I mean, you know, my I uh, you lot. I mean, I, I, I love there. you. Yeah, well, I know, but that's because you're older than us considerably. Sure, but sure. also, Jonathan. <laughs> also, Jonathan. I was about to make this point: is that I mean, one of the reasons I love you three so much, and so many of my Chelsea uh, friends, is that they're you know first, second, third, fourth, fifth generation Chelsea supporters. So their dad took them. Their dad was taken by his dad whose dad was it was taken by his dad. And so I wasn't that lucky. My dad was a bloody pause for the fan because I grew up in Hampshire. But as luck would have it, he took me to Stamford Bridge in 1976 to see, would you believe it, Southampton play Crystal Palace in the, in the, in the semi-final there. 
and I, I fell there. in love. I, well, there we go. I stood in the shed at the front, and I fell in love with Stamford Bridge. And after that moment, it was it was Chelsea for me. Although vicariously by watching them on the big match. And it wasn't until I moved to London, where, as luck would have it, I lived in Chelsea. I lived in Lots Road that I started going along. But, you know, not like these guys every week taken by their dads because that was just not part of what I grew up with. Does that make me any less of a supporter? Who can say? Bottom line is, you boys have got it absolutely spot on. If you care for this club, if you support it passionately, if you understand the culture of supporting it, and I think that is very important, then I don't think it matters when you started supporting them or where you come from. It's, it's, it's the common bond that you have. What I do get pissed off with is a lot of people who claim they support the club but have no understanding of that culture. And sadly, that's something that I see a lot of on Twitter. And I think that that goes a long way to the root of a lot of the arguments that we see on it where you start getting, but I'm a better supporter than you are, you know, pisses me off. Move on before I get all Trump-like. Um, brilliant email, though, Stephen, and thanks for asking the question. I hope, I hope you feel as much part of supporting this club as we do, because you bloody well ought to. Jonathan. Uh, this is email number two. Mahavo Tega, or Tega, forgive me if I uh, pronounce your name wrongly. Um, dear Chidge and the boys, unfortunately, my email last week was sent too late to be read on the show. So again, Happy New Year and keep up the good work. Firstly, the Spurs game. In hindsight, I don't think we were outplayed. They outpowered us in midfield and scored with two headers against Aspilicueta, who's arguably, arguably the smallest player on the field. That's not detrimental. These Twitter trolls attacking our players clearly have been asleep for the last two months. We aren't perfect, but we're strong enough this season and the players deserve credit. Secondly, the Pedro Williams debate is an interesting one. Pedro was terrible against Spurs, then turns up in the cup. All Pedro's contributions have been at the bridge. Maybe we need a different option away from home. He's been great, just not as effective away. Maybe 3-5-2 for away games. William is more complex, as they say. He's like that boyfriend that forgets your birthday but buys you flowers because it's a Tuesday. No efficiency <laughs> in the game, then pops up with a goal. Third, Batshuayi. I don't understand his situation. We all know Conte wanted Morata and got Mishi. But Mishi had been good in games early in the season whenever called upon. He did what was needed, and people were calling for a Costa-Batshuayi partnership. Clearly, we don't see what's going on in training, because in games, he's looked decent for someone who gets minimal game time. So I don't get how getting Lorente is an upgrade if Michi is doing fine. Not saying he's a finished article, but he's done nothing wrong. I think it's more to do with politics in Conte not getting the player he wanted. Which brings me to my next point. How good was Chalabar in the cup? Looks so natural in his position. Chelsea can save a lot of money if they manage Chalabar, Ake, Christensen and Musonda. Loftus-Cheek was also good, but he needs game time and must go on loan. Masonda looks a great prospect. I don't think Conte will sign anyone this January, especially now that Ake's back to help out Alonso and Cahill. I hope he waits for the summer. I'm sure you'll talk about John Terry's red card. So the question is, if we win the league, should John Terry lift the cup and retire? Lastly, I just want to mention the departure of John Obi Mikel. It was sad to see him go, and I found it very disrespectful when people were saying good riddance, if I did as well. My verdict on Mikel is 
he was never really good at attacking, not good at defending. I won't agree with that. And I won't glorify him or call him a legend. But he was a good footballer who was part of an era. His departure signifies an end to that era. The early Abramovich era of power and destruction. His professionalism and respect was refreshing. A humble guy who represented Chelsea with dignity. Apart from Terry, Mikel is the only player that made it this far. We all have that friend that's not the main guy, but when you tell a story or look at an old picture, he was always there. So I think Chelsea fans should salute a humble player who represented Chelsea fantastically. Kind regards. So, there we have it. Mm, uh, I think mm. Mahavo poses some very interesting questions there. Can we deal with the last first? Because, of course, it, the, the beauty of this email is that it's now afforded us the chance to talk about Mikel, which we, we didn't manage to get to earlier on. But, uh, Jonathan, do you want to kick us off on the, the whole Mikel leaving thing? Yeah, I, I would. I, I tweeted about him being a legend and got taken to task for that. And I said, well, yeah. one of my reasons is is because I actually think that uh, that if we don't win the Champions League, which I think we will, but if we don't for a few years, then... Uh, uh, everybody who won in the final, and even a couple of them who didn't, um, Morellis uh, and uh, and Branner, would still be legends because they because they they won the Champions League. But um, uh, I I think you have to appreciate that he played during a period of wonderful success and won so many trophies. John Obi Mikel to us to slag him off, as has been the case on Twitter, is absolutely ridiculous. He was clearly you know a top player in a top team. He wouldn't have been picked up otherwise. And so, uh, I, you know, some people absolutely hated him, which I I've seen, I couldn't really get my head around. But he always played, a, a, a did a job for us. Um, and all right, he wasn't the most scintillating player. But I think he was he was being played in a kind of Makaleli role, which he was actually suited to playing for Nigeria. He plays attacking midfield. He, he's, a, he's a clever, talented player. And uh, I think he, 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 to me, to me, he's, he's, I know it's easy to say less, but you know, he, he his best performance um, uh, was clearly in the uh, in the Champions League final. But even on the, for me, that on its own was good enough to make him a legend. I think he, he was mm. uh, a wonderful servant for the to the club. But as I say, I got given very short shrift to people saying mm. then you saw him play about five good games, and I said, I'm sorry, I, he played some magnificent That's games. Rubbish, absolutely rubbish. Uns- yeah, absolute rubbish. Yeah. Dan, what, what do you reckon, old, old fruit? I, I think Mikel was brilliant. I mean, he, he played under numerous managers who all, all saw the job he did. I think he's absolutely, you know, he's never a star. He was never going to do a backflick or, a, you know, 90-yard pass. He's obviously popular in the dressing room because when he scored the goal against Fulham, the reaction was unbelievable. It was that like when he scored against Charlton. He did a fantastic job for us. Nine on 400 games, man a match in uh, Munich, without a doubt. Without him, I think we'd have lost... You know, great servant, great player, not a flair player, but a really important part of our history. And he deserves all, all the platitudes that he gets. He doesn't deserve any criticism because you know, he, he's, he's not a flash player. He's not a hazard. He's a very good, solid player who did who did the job. I think he was, you know, sad, sad to see him go. But again, again, it's an end of a end of the era because anybody, mm. as Jonathan said, JT's left us pretty much that whole wonderful decade of players are all bidding us farewell. Mm. Clayton, uh, agree with agree with the lads. Um, I think I was involved in some of that Twitter conversation with with Jonathan. Um, he's you weren't slagging Jonathan off, were you, Clayton? 
No, no, no. I was, I was, uh, I was on Jonathan's side. I mean, potentially he is, he is the most Marmite player I think we've ever had. Um, the amount of abuse that he'd get when you'd be in the stadium. I mean, as Jonathan alluded to, that you know, he he is an attacking midfield player when he came to us and how he played for Nigeria, and he sacrificed his natural playing instincts to be a, a defensive midfield player and he did a really really good job and I think you know there was a lot of unkind things said about the fact that he basically got his glory off other people because there were more talented people and and he rode on their backs absolute bloody nonsense he he, he was a class act I mean you know if you actually analyze him during games he never gave the ball away Yes, he wasn't creative, but he wasn't in the side to be creative. I think sometimes he suffered from the fact that Jose played two DMs at home when we were playing some crap teams and he didn't need to. And so he, you know, there was that negativity because we weren't as positive as perhaps we we could and should have been. But that wasn't his fault. You know, he he never let us down. You couldn't honestly say that you you were saying, oh, God's sake, you know, why is he playing? What's he doing? All this, that and the other. I, I mean, I've, I've got nothing but respect. Um, and, and to me, anybody that played that night was a legend and, and, and man of the match that night. So mm. fantastic. You know, I'm, I'm very sorry to see him go. I think it was uh, the right time for him to go. Um, and it's quite, yeah, it's it's very sad in, in some respects. But, you know, he'd been at the club a long time. So well done to him. Yeah, I, I could. Well, I, I echo everything that you three have said. I would just... By way of a, a slight difference, um, really pick up on on what Kerry Dixon was saying on the on the show that he and I did last last Thursday, because uh, I think the news broke that Mikel was off uh, just before we did the show, and you know I had no idea what Kerry was going to say, and I said, well, you know, what what do you think about Mikel leaving? And and Kerry was amazing. I mean, it was just such a glowing, warm. Uh, tribute to to Mikel. I was really knocked out by it. But I mean, the tenant of what he was saying was that in he reckoned that in some ways Chelsea ruined Mikel because the point that you were all making he turned up as a very young kid really uh, who was an attacking kind of number 10 type midfielder but he was made to do a job by Jose uh, like a holding midfielder a bit of an enforcer you know and he, and and he did a job for the team and he carried on doing a job for that team for for 10 years or so uh, which is fantastic and i mean I think a lot of this nonsense that we get nowadays, and I mean, I know we refer to Twitter a lot, but we're all on it, so we we see it quite a lot. But I mean, I think we've also picked up that we hear and see this in the stands as well. But a lot of it is this kind of weird mentality where, where you know, supporters seem to think, well, I'm, I'm more likely to call them fans, actually. They seem to think that every single player you have has to be the best player in the world with the best stats in the world. They have no comprehension of what team is. And, you know, a football is a game played by 11 players who form a team. And the whole is often greater than the sum of its parts. And I'm telling you now that Mikel was an integral part of the most successful side that we have ever seen and possibly will ever see at Chelsea Football Club. The fact that eight managers continually picked him tells you everything you need to know. Now, is he a legend? Who knows? I mean, I think only time can really tell that one. I, I sentimentally, like Clayton, would uh, would would say yes. Anybody who played on that night in Munich is a legend. But the same, by the same token, you could say that everybody who played in the 
1970 Cup final isn't really a legend. Time will only tell. All I can say is that, you know, best of luck to Mikel. I think he's an absolutely superb guy. Very bright lad. Loved in the dressing room. I mean, JT's tribute to him said everything you needed to know. A superb man. What a great player to have in your side. And thank you for contributing so hugely to the success that we've had as a club and the success that certainly the four lads on the show of me tonight and everybody who's listening will have enjoyed hugely. So well played, Mikel. We will miss you. Well said. Thank you. I think on that... Thank you. Well, on that lovely note, um, uh, uh, I mean, th- there we go. See, I mean, maybe that was all lovely and we've all had a nice word about it, but none of that would have happened if uh, if Mahavu hadn't sent in such a fantastic email. So on that point, A, thank you, Mahavu, but get your emails in, people. We absolutely love getting them. And uh, as you know, we'll always try and read them out. So uh, send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com before Monday and uh, Jonathan and his silky chocolatey voice will read them out. Now, Dan, yeah. you have some you have some breaking news, I believe. Yeah, um, it's a little kind of awareness email. Um, Chelsea Pride has been set up. It's a new group for lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender Chelsea fans that also includes their families and friends. Um, They found that many um, LGBT people who love football um, and find that actually to be quite a intimidating experience. Some feel they need to hide their sexuality, for example, like not holding hands with their partner for fear of abuse around the stadium. And homophobic chanting is still a big issue across the game, which they think is unacceptable at Chelsea. Um, Chelsea have got a campaign called Building Bridges, which promotes equality and diversity across the, across the clubs. And groups like Chelsea Pride give our LGBT fans a chance to celebrate their love of football with like-minded people in a really safe environment. Um, the Pride is open to anybody, whether they're LGBT or not. Uh, to find them, um, go to Facebook and look for Chelsea Pride or on Twitter, um, Chelsea Pride underscore and the underscore is really important because somebody else already has Chelsea Pride so you need to find Chelsea Pride underscore and support the LGBT they'd be really grateful for any any support they can get uh, Amen and hear here to that I mean you yeah. know it's, it's interesting isn't it it's actually because in, in a weird sort of way it kind of links in with the, the prejudice uh, that uh, Jonathan was talking about about um, the, 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 the woman linesman if that makes any sense, the woman yeah. assistant referee, and also um, the prejudice that people suffer from, you know, people saying, well, you've got no right to be a Chelsea fan because you weren't born there, blah, 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 blah. In a sense, it's all part of the same spectrum. And, and I think it's the same answer. Personally, and I'm sure you lot would agree with me, I don't give a, I don't give a damn, you know, what, what your sexual preferences are or anything. I don't care about that. All I care about is do you love Chelsea? Are you going to make a lot of noise? Are you going to have a lot of fun? You know, it's, it really is that. Is it? Is it not just that simple? Yeah. It's, it's, I think this is your sexuality, your authenticity, whatever it is. It's irrelevant. Yeah. You know, exactly. in any walk of life, you know, you're, you're a Chelsea yeah. fan. We love you all. I don't, I don't care about the rest of you know. Don't care about the rest of it. Absolutely spot on. And I would say this uh, to anybody listening um, and who goes to the games regularly. I just ask you this question: How many times have you hugged and kissed a random man next to you? And I'm talking to the men here. Uh, I mean, you know, it's equally okay for the women to do that. You know, so I mean, you know, that just shows you the stupidity of some of your reactions and the prejudice that goes on. I will gladly hug any man if we score a goal. Simple as that, wouldn't you, Clayton? Uh, well, yes, I, I basically regularly being kissed by he who should be not be named. <laughs> yeah, um, there we go. So, so. Uh, <laughs> You know, I I just think it's a very sad state of affairs. I think it's a, it's a historic yeah. thing about this. You know, this was a working men's 
game, and I'm not saying working men are prejudiced, but it, it, you know, its roots are in that sort of culture, and it's just very, very sad. And I, and, and you know, the, the the fact that we've got, you know, what Jonathan was saying about that poor Lino getting abused. Yeah. I mean, for God's sake, grow up, people. I mean, just so. I mean, I think. On on Sunday, I was I wasn't sitting in my normal seat, and there was some guy sitting behind me who moaned from start to finish, and <laughs> and and this this wasn't a youngster, you know, this was yeah. a guy who was obviously a season ticket holder because he was sitting with a whole load of mates, and everybody seemed to know each other, and I just I I, I didn't, and I perhaps I should have done. I just wanted to say to him, can you explain to me exactly why you're here? What what <laughs> pleasure have you derived from this game on a basis? that if anybody, you know, deemed to miscontrol the ball, you had a go at them, you know, like from minute one. So, I don't know, it it takes all sorts, sadly. And I, I think it'll be a very long time before that's eradicated. But, I mean, well done to the club. And, and thank you, Dan, for, for raising that yeah. awareness. I concur and, and absolutely wholeheartedly endorse that. And I, the other thing I would say, actually, I think, you know, specifically for, for us as a club, because one of the massive... Uh, insults that's her seems to I mean this is the other thing I mean I remember in the old days it used to be just Liverpool and Man, and Man United or, or possibly City as well that would come out with the Chelsea Rent Boys chant but now it seems to have been adopted by uh, the Herberts from North London as a as a stick with which to beat us which they're, I think they're is, coming for us apparently well and there's the therein lies the irony and of course they've got, they've got their own bloody L L uh, L hang on it's L G B T isn't it Dan. Yeah, get a life, people. This prejudice is awful. Although I have to concur, I've got a wonderful post on Mixler from I Saw Alan May score on the subject of hugging random men and giving them a kiss at the ground. He said, not Jeremy Clarkson, I'd draw, draw the line there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I concur. Oh, God. Yeah, what about David Meller? <laughs> well, yes, indeed, indeed. I met I met somebody the other week who knew... That actress who uh, was caught in flagrante with Mella. Antonio DeSantis. That's the one, yeah. It was very, very interesting. Anyway, we should move on before I get sued. Uh, that, I'm afraid, people, is all we've got time for this week. Uh, make sure you download the next Kerry Dixon preview show. It's Thursday. This Thursday when Kerry and I will be previewing the Leicester game. And, of course, I'll be back next Tuesday night together with Jonathan and Tony Glover and one <laughs> other yet-to-be-decided Guest for the Chelsea fancast. Yes, uh, Clayton's tittering away, and I will not share with you why. But anyway, sorry for the move to Tuesday night, but I have to attend a Premier League trust meeting on behalf of the Chelsea Supporters Trust. So against my better nature and judgment, I have moved moved us to the Tuesday. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Dan at DanSilv73, and uh, Clayton... Uh, at goalie59 and of course check out the website chelseafancast.com where you will be able to to read a fabulous blog that will be put up in his own name by Clayton very very soon <laughs> right isn't that right Clayton it is absolutely because that's the other thing you haven't realised because every time you put a blog up I put yeah. it up for you and it says that I've written it I know I know I know so now it'll say written by Clayton Beerman I know, I know. Yeah, I'll just have to write it. Yeah, well, get, get your skates on, mate. Clayton, lovely having you on the show, as always. It's been a real pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed Thank the you show. very much yeah. for having me on. Not at all, mate. And hopefully I'll see you for the whole game. Uh, yes, you will. 
Dan, great, uh, great spending the uh, afternoon watching a game with you. Always love watching a game uh, sitting next to you, mate. That was great stuff and lovely having you on the show tonight. It's, yeah, it's good to be back and you know, echo sentiments about our, our football afternoon. It was lo- lots of fun. Yeah, and nice I'll see, stuff, I'll see you for Hull. You will indeed. Uh, Jonathan, as always, a total pleasure sharing the duties with you tonight. Fantastic to see you in here and uh, hopefully I'll see you anon soon. Always a joy, Chidge, and with uh, it's <laughs> well done, guys. Terrific. Yeah, yeah it's fun tonight, wasn't it? Lively and fun. These these boys are. It's always a good show when we get all, all four of us lot on for some reason. There's a good mix here, I think. So well done, <laughs> well done, you lot. Uh, so a bit of an incendiary mix occasionally, but a good mix nevertheless. Right. So many thanks to these lovely lads for being in the show with me tonight. Massive thanks for you lot uh, in Mixler for listening and. You know, I do. I do watch what's going on in the Mixler chat room. I might not always reply on there, but uh, I'm always amused by what you have to say. So, thank you for joining in and listening. Uh, so, there we go. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. Up the chels. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.